and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts, Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Hello. Howdy. And we have a guest. Yes, that would be Nate from Wedway Radio Podcast. Say hello, how's, Nate. How's it going? Good, good. How you doing out in Missouri? <laughs> Kansas <laughs> City, uh, Missouri. Well, is there a difference? It's all misery. Where where everything is up to date except Nate's microphone. Well, I got to say, we I have heard some stories of some architecture going on there where it's actually very lead friendly, or I shouldn't say lead friendly, uh, lead dictatorship ish like, and they really had to do some stuff I didn't expect uh, to be going on in Missouri. But uh, I guess if you're into that stuff, that's that's good. But what, anyway, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, some of this environmental crap that. You know we're being forced to do in architecture, and I say crap only because a lot of it's knee jerk uh, reacting. And in fact, horse, this state horse out of the barn kind of. Yeah, this this state just passed a new law that is going to go into permanent effect in 2010. Is voluntary right now to really really start restricting in residential and commercial construction uh, some draconian uh, methods of of uh, forcing this stuff on everybody, which is just going to in the end cost the consumer more because builders never absorb these costs you know so uh, but we we can talk about that in political gestures uh part of the reason we have nate on tonight is a few minutes ago he he uh, skyped me and said uh uh next time you have bash disney world you might want to get somebody who knows a little bit about disney world on and i nominate me that's kind of harsh <laughs> So, so you're saying thought, that we don't know anything about Disney World? Oh, I thought, what the hell? Let's well, bring him on. I don't even remember my, what we said that was yeah, bashing. I, him, I, I remember. I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember bashing Walt Disney World. I Wait, was, what, was, it, was that on the Fracken show? Yes. Or was that? Yes. It was the one, you know, when we're swearing by request. And one of the questions was, you know, what would you change or what would you take away? And I said, I'd take away the Magic Kingdom. Oh yes. yeah! Oh yeah! I told you. I told you people were going to write in on that one because ah. you know, you, you know what's okay. funny about that. Let me let me tell you this real quick. Um, this last Saturday, or I should say Sunday, the sixteenth, June sixteenth, was the fiftieth anniversary of the Allweg Disney or Disneyland Allweg monorail. June fourteenth. Today's the sixteenth. Oh, I'm sorry, the fourteenth. You're right. Uh, I met up with the president of the monorail society and a bunch of other monorail society members we did a ride around we walked the uh, the monorail beam we went out we were out on uh, what is it disneyland is it what's west drive what's west street called now uh, is that's uh, disney disney way no disney way disney way okay so we yeah. were out there oh, in no, west street i'm thinking friedman way is disney way west street is now disneyland drive okay so disneyland drive we're standing there in three Three youngsters, I call them youngsters, you know, much younger than I am, showed up and they said, is this the Monorail Society? I'm like, yeah, 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 that's us. Well, it ends up there, Walt Disney World cast members and monorail drivers. So sweet. we started, yeah, it was very sweet. We started talking about the comparison between the two resorts. And funny enough, all three of them said there was no comparison from Disneyland to the Magic Kingdom, that Disneyland just wiped the Magic Kingdom off the map. Now, when it came to resorts... You know, of course, I think everybody would agree that uh, oh. the resort of Walt Disney World, I think, outshines the resort of Disneyland. But well, I just thought that Disneyland was funny. Is just what, a couple blocks wide, but yeah. Well, I found it funny because a lot of the pod, you know, uh, most podcasts out there are Disney World centric, and most of the people we know 
our shills for Walt Disney World and have a hard time admitting anything at Disneyland is good. Apparently, our um, guest is going to be like that too. So, well, I was going to say before we get our whoop in here, um, <laughs> one of the things that I always like was I've, I've quoted it before and I'll say it again. I like what uh, Dick Nunes said, who is the former president of the resort of the all the parks. And he said, you know, all of them are very different from one another. You really can't compare one to another. They're apples and oranges. But if he has to choose one, if he had to choose one that was a little bit more special, he always chose Disneyland because this was the one that Walt Disney actually walked. They actually made the adjustments that he wanted to see on it. The others never, I mean, it's not that the others are bad. It's just they've never had the opportunity. You don't have pictures of Walt Disney walking through any other park like you do at Disneyland. No, just the swamp but, going one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but one thing I will say, you know, I, I failed to mention, I didn't even think about it at the time, when Mike was saying he wanted to get rid of the Magic Kingdom in Florida, I got to say, that is the one park that was built correctly. Yeah, um, I disagree. And here's the reason why, is one of the things that Disneyland that was quickly discovered, as we all know, is that if you wanted to move something from east main street over to west main street you're either taking it across the stage area in front of everything in front of everybody or you're taking it all the way around the park and in some places you just don't have a choice you have to take it across the stage and they took the lessons that that was one of the primary lessons that when they built the magic kingdom in walt disney world they built the first floor where all the utilidors are and then built the park on top of that so they had a complete access to just about every point throughout the park without having to drag something on stage. When we built Epcot, they, you know, I'm expecting the same exact they thing. They abandoned that idea because no, it was too uh, not, not totally before you totally insert your Are you your saying foot that there mouth. aren't any tunnels below Epcot? No, there, there are. There are. There is one. Big. There's From what I understand, I'm just doing some research for my imaginary My Way show. Uh, there is one tunnel that connects both the uh, community... Well, Innovations uh, East and West, whatever they call it now. There's a tunnel that goes under it. it starts around uh, Universe of Energy on the uh, offstage side, and it's a fairly large tunnel that connects them both. So they could do what Richard's talking about because you got, you know, you got Epcot, say Main Street, that has no backstage. You know, you have access to both sides. They needed some way to move stuff back and forth. There's guests, or not guests, there's break rooms down there. There's the computer room, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So. Well, see, what it really there, serves is, it, the, what the tunnel below Epcot really serves is, if, if you actually leave outside uh, through the Communicore uh, towards the east side, you're heading towards space, right through that, that kind of breezeway there, there's a door that goes down. And it really, what it does is it moves from the food service areas. So it moves from electric umbrella there and you can actually follow that tunnel around and it also serves the seasons food place within the land so if you want to know you know you go down into the land and there's that you know that giant food court there they get their food from behind there at the same place as electric umbrella gets their food and what used to be pasta piazza which isn't there anymore they all get their food from a central location their their tunnel is not really that elaborate it's more just like a horseshoe that kind of serves all those areas so it's more and, for, uh, for food it, receivership than anything else. Well, that's it's just one thing that's used for. Yeah, it's probably similar to the one, you know, really tunnel at Disneyland that 
uh, you know, goes from Carousel to uh, well, that in back of Tomorrowland now to the Tomorrowland Terrace. And I, yeah. that, that's what I was going to say is, um, yeah, Epcot has its tunnels, but not to the extent of the Utilidors. Well, actually, that, actually, that's the only one I've been able to find. Tunnel singular. Here's a question for Nate. What was there before the electric umbrella? Uh, I can't remember the name. It's uh, I can't. <laughs> you're calling me out on on the name of uh, it. But. Yeah, let's see. Somebody was going to take us to task about our knowledge. No, I'm not going to take you to task on <laughs> fact on who knows what or what. So when, when when you're talking about on your last show about the walkways being much smaller at, at the Magic Kingdom, oh, I'm I'm holding to that. By the way, that I I 100 percent believe some of the. Some of the years, not all of them, but like the interest of Tomorrowland, uh, granted, we didn't throw, you know, whoever threw in uh, that stupid (laughs) uh, rocket, whatever we're calling the thing now, um, in the middle of ours, uh, that was one of the biggest dumbass moves I've ever seen. But short of that, I don't find the throat into Tomorrowland any bigger there uh, than at Disneyland. Well, and that's... That's not. I don't. Do you find that to be a real bottleneck area at, at Walt Disney World? Because you actually have two different ways to get around that. You can walk up through the the Tomorrowland Noodle Station and get through to Main Street there, or you can walk. Uh, true. You can walk the yep. other way. Hundred percent true. I. The, I guess the biggest. What what the, my biggest impact on that was Spring Break two thousand five, when you couldn't hardly move through there. It was like the Who concert. It okay. was. It, it was. Uh, unbearable in the park that day when I was there. Um, so that, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still got this cough. That that was the one thing uh, that really stood out to me. Uh, but is that any different than any night when Remember was going? When you know, Remember Dreams Come True was going on. I mean, well, I, remember I, yeah. that. I absolutely hate the way they do uh, guest control through Remember. I. I absolutely will do everything I can to beat that guest control because to have to go east to get to west is the biggest dumbass thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, right. Stargate Restaurant was the uh, former restaurant over there, by the way. Uh, thanks. I, I was trying to remember that myself. I was uh, I just did a whole thing on Communicore and uh, some interesting facts of about it, but anyways, listen to the other show for that. All right. What I was, but, but going back on, you know, that was one thing is that everything for Magic Kingdom was all underground down in the Utilidors. I mean, Costumes down there, he had, um, you know, all the offices down there. I remember going to Costuming over at I, Yeah, but I, I don't think Richard, I mean, uh, Mike is saying uh, throw out the Magic Kingdom because, because the Utilidors are there. Mm-hmm. He's oh, saying that the park, you know, as far as all the parks go that are out there, that was the one that he thought parkwise. Forget the utilities; has nothing to do with. No, the I'm, park. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that that that, that was just one the, of the things. That's I was Richard's thinking. opinion on what makes it a, the best park is because the bones the, are the, are well hidden. The, the thing and, that nobody sees, and that, you know, that, there, is, there is something to be said for that. But I have to say that little statement you said about Walt walking it, which a lot of people, I, I've said it a lot. We've got more than one email saying. Stop it with that. You know, he, he's been dead for 30. Okay, now I have to do some math. 40, for, 43 years. Thank you. For 43 years, it's changed a lot since he walked. Oh, it. no doubt. But the thing is, is I, I just like that. I just always thought that that was 
a unique comment, and it just keeps things in a unique perspective. Here, Unlike the uh, commercial we had four years ago that showed Walt Disney doing the opening dedication there at Magic Kingdom. Here, here's well, here's no, a better it, way. It, here's it, a better way to describe. It didn't show them at the Magic Kingdom. It represented it like it was at the Magic. Kingdom. Yeah, they fancy the way it was edited and the way it was cut together. Granted, yeah. Now there's a better description. Of Dis- what? Disneyland was a park designed by a father for his daughters. The Magic Kingdom was a park designed by the bureaucracy for the unwashed masses. Well, you know, whoa. Whoa, whoa. okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up. Is this Nate? <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to hear Nate's opinion, but come on. We all know the Magic Kingdom's design was started far before he died. Uh, so you that that's a little um, disingenuous. But Nate, before before we let you rip into this, because that's a good one, um, I want to know your credentials. You know, when uh, how many times you've been to Disneyland? What's your history at Disney World? Uh, okay. I know you've got, you've got your own podcast, and you'll get plenty of time to plug it anytime you want. Throw a plug in for Wedway Radio Podcast. That's that's all cool. Um, but what what made you be the guy that said, uh, thought you should be um, representing Disney World? Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm the best representative for Disney World, but I, you know, I've been to Disney World almost. I went, I went there every year when I was growing up with my with my family, just about every year. And okay. then in in '96, I was on college program, um, so I worked there for a year on college yeah. program. And my uh, my location, I worked at the Sci-Fi at uh, oh. at Studios. Nice, it's one which, of my favorite restaurants. Yeah, and you know what's funny is whenever I hear people criticize it, they're like, "Oh, the food." I never ate there once when I was working there, but the atmosphere there is just amazing. And oh yeah, I, I've only had one average meal there i actually think the food's good it's not great but it's yeah. good and it's about the atmosphere and the fun of it all right exactly i mean yeah. uh i you never wait. thought Dis- well disney world food was was you know spectacular unless you're unless you're in epcot i i think pretty much everywhere else unless you go to California Grill or you go to yeah if you go to one of the resorts i really don't think that the food there is that spectacular anywhere you go if you go in places in the magic kingdom <laughs> You're not going to find, you know, you know. Well, great I diet. think no. I think there's there's a few exceptions here and there at every park where they've got to stand out. But on average, I think you're right. The food's average. Okay, so you, you've been a cast member. You've been going for a while. Right. You're, you're still kind of a youngster in my mind. But anyway, you you've seen it growing up. Yeah. Um, so I worked there uh, for a year then, and then kept going there. I met my wife. Um, here and then I took her, her there a couple times when we were dating. We ended up we got married there, and we went there to you know a couple times a year, one or two times a year for four or five years, and then uh, we really started. The, I mean, I, I grew up as just a theme park fan, and then right around two thousand two thousand one, um, right after we got married, we really started to research the history of Disney, and you know we bought all sorts of books. We bought Bob Thomas's book. We bought, or both of his books. We bought Michael Brogy's book. We bought all of these books and really started to, you know, basically learn the heritage. And we just decided one year we need to go to Disneyland. And so in 2003, we made our first trip to Disneyland. And we've been there probably seven or eight times since then. Um, my father actually does live in, in Santa Ana right now. So uh, we go out there. We, we went out there in March and then we went out there in May. And we're actually going to go back out there in July. And so. You know, we, we go out there a lot. We have a, a three-year-old son, so we like to take him there. So, I mean, I, I've i been to 
Disney World more, but I've been to Disneyland more lately. So okay, now to see, I want to see if you qualify for any wings. Did you <laughs> propose to your wife at the park? I did not. No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Now you said you. You said you went on your honeymoon. Now you said you um you went there in your honeymoon. You didn't get married there. No, we did get married there. We got married at the boardwalk. Okay, so you did one of Disney's fantasy wedding things. We did. We both um we both wanted something kind of unique, so we did one of the small. We did the intimate wedding, where we got married, and uh, there were uh, just basically our families there, and uh, we stayed on there and did our honeymoon there too. Okay, did you dress up as Mickey and she was Minnie now, or was, Donald? And you know. if you look at any of our wedding pictures, there's no one can tell you where we're at because we got okay. married at the, at the boardwalk there. If you walk along past, um, past that little the gazebo, of, yeah, right towards Epcot there, that's called yeah. Seabreeze Point, and that's right actually where the ceremony was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems like a nice area, and you're right. So you didn't you didn't put on the Mickey ears during your wedding and do all them, wear the big hand gloves and all that. <laughs> No, no, we didn't opt for the characters either. So, okay, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're starting to get up there a little more in the ranking. So, okay, that's good. So now, um, back well, to what? Why don't we ask him what his specific issue with what we said was? <laughs> well, yeah, he started to say something. I think I cut him off. I thought it was Richard, but I think it was Nate. Uh, about the just, part about Walt walking, but the only part that Walt walked. No, no, no. About that and about. Um, one was designed by, you know, a, a father for his daughter, and the other one was like this corporate mishmash of, you know, whatever. Actually, it was, the, I think the original phrase was designed by committee for the masses. Okay, yeah, I, that, you started to say something. I really would like to hear what Well, I just, I just thought that's just ridiculous, just because how many times do you hear from, from Disneyland fans who are just, uh, yeah, I used to say, oh, they're just jealous. They're just mad because they don't have an Epcot, because they don't have a studios, because they don't have all this land. And, you know, after going to Disneyland so many times, I realized, you know, there's there's a lot to love about Disneyland. I just hate it when they get this this needless, you know, sort of aggression towards Disney, Walt Disney World when when people say things like that. So but as far as the the thing that uh, where this is the only part park that Walt actually walked in. Well, yeah, there weren't any other parks then, and the park doesn't look the same as it looked in 1966, and so you can't say that this is the only park that Walt walked in because, or you, you can't say that, but it's not the same as it was then, so why say it? Well, you know, it's, it, more, it's, it's, still, it's, it's enough. It's, it's close enough. <laughs> it still has a basic, you know, the basics are still there. A lot of it would look relatively the same mm, color. see, the Matterhorn's the, still standing, the, the castle's but, still standing. I, 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 I'll, 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 I'll give you a picture right now. But one of the more Haunted Mansion's still there. Of uh, Walt walking through Sleeping Beauty's castle. That, with a couple minor exceptions, is exactly the same. And the view of Main Street looking down is almost the same. But, I, I, well, you know, when I say that... Way, when I say the the comment though, and again I'm I'm referring to what another person was saying with what Dick Nunes right. said, but I, the understanding I have of that comment is the uh, it kind of leans towards what Mike says, maybe not as brash or something, but when Disneyland was built and when Walt was walking through it, it was built with the perspective of more of a what do you want to say? A cozier, more comfortable park. Uh, it was 
literally one man's idea that was built that was inspired others to create their ideas for him um, into this park when Walt Disney World was built even though the property was owned the designs I, you know Greg says it all the time but and it, it's absolutely true the designs for the most part were already drawn before Walt passed away the only question was whether they were going to continue on with it or not and that's where Roy got involved with it but the designs were already there. It was already set up there. But well, we're not sure how complete they were. But you know, the basics of what they were going to do right. uh, definitely was done. But what by Walt walking Disneyland, what basically what it says to me is he's laid the groundwork by making these small adjustments, giving you the idea of how it should be kept clean, how it should be operated. By you know, from his ten to twelve years of being around with Disneyland. But I, I wholly disagree with this statement about the masses. And for one, because he was still, you know, early on, <clears throat> he had his ideas of what he wanted. But the biggest issue I have, and I know, Nate, you probably hear it the other way. But, you know, I I think I hear more and more and more about how great Disney World is. And in Disneyland's just this screwed up park where they fixed everything in Florida and quite frankly, that wasn't the reason he necessarily went to Florida. You know, you hear that quote all the time about the size, we can do anything we want. And everybody has kind of uh, grabbed onto that as he, he had to come out here to do the things he wanted to do, to fix the things he wanted to do. <coughs> because the city grew up around Disneyland, not <coughs> allowing him they to. They couldn't afford all that land at that time. I, they could, yeah, they I couldn't, but quite. <coughs> excuse I'm sorry. <coughs> The biggest uh, reason they went east was they weren't getting much of an audience west of the Rockies. Right. They, yeah, only about 10% of the people you know, east of the Mississippi right. were. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't even sure if the park was going to get a decent response from the east coast. They, just, they weren't really sure if it was going to float out there. And in fact, for a while, I read an interview with uh, Dick Nunes, and I had it on my other show, that... For a few years, they weren't even getting very many Florida people. Uh, to to the Floridians, it was just this circus they passed by on the on the I four. They they really had to convince people they needed to come out and see the park. And Epcot was that gateway drug, if you will, that people knew that this wasn't Disneyland. This was something different. And when they drew people into <laughs> Epcot. Then some of those people who had never been to, to the Magic Kingdom then started trying that. So it took yeah. a while, even in Florida, to get Floridians to go uh, to the Magic and, Kingdom. And also to add on to that, when they had that uh, uh, the interview where Waltz had standing in front of the big picture of the Florida project be- just before he passed away, and he's talking about that. He, I, I'm not sure if it was in that interview or if it was in a taped interview I remember hearing. But similar to Disneyland, he talks about that they did study after study after study of where would be the proper place to put it because they wanted to have the good weather. And he talks about this during yeah, the Yeah, they missed the boat on that one. The, the good weather, well, we don't. it doesn't snow too often in Florida, at least. But in gen- no, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call their weather for, good, though. It, yeah, it but has, in general, it allows for a 12-month operation. Correct, and correct. Not and it, many other places has, in the country we could do that. It has good... Uh, uh, access to uh, people that are traveling by air 
rail, car, whatever. Plus, it was in Orange County, just like in California. In, in Orange County. On I-4. Instead of I-5. And, yeah, it's on the intersection of two interstates. Uh, it wasn't by happenstance that it ended up being in Orlando. It was by, just like in Anaheim, Walt wanted, he was looking for something specific, and this is where exactly where he was looking for. So it wasn't, he, he knew exactly what he was looking for when he was, so there's, there's, very, there's a lot of Walt in Walt Disney World. But I think one thing I'm that here's a good explanation on it is if you inherit the Ford classic car, I'm going to use Ford because I like Fords. I know there are those on this show that don't, but if you inherit this nice Ford classic, like a nice classic Mustang. Is, <clears throat> is there such a thing? Yes, a nice classic 64 Mustang. And uh, that your father owned and you inherit it and it's all taken care of and real nice and neat. Okay, you can get a modern Mustang GT. It's far better. It Why? can go faster. It has it has a lot more to it. And yeah, it's a better built vehicle. But there's <laughs> just something that you like a little bit better about that classic that you that you got from your father. And I think that's kind of the feeling a lot of people have towards Disneyland is, yeah, this this Walt Disney World is bigger. There's a lot neater things, a lot newer. It has a lot of things that Disneyland just can't get to it. Size, uh, availability, there's just a lot of things there that Disneyland can't get. But there's just that little bit of a uh, uh, (coughs) reminiscing when you're at Disneyland that you have that little comfortable feeling that, yeah, this was your dad's Oldsmobile here. Yeah, okay. Now, Mike had a good question for you, Nate. What was it specifically or what few things specifically kind of prompted you to mention, hey, get somebody who knows something about Disney World. I'm sure there was a few things we must have said that got your dander up. Maybe not upset, but got you going, hey, guys, you know better than that. Um, We do not. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things was uh, that someone said that Disney World, that it wasn't planned really well, Disney World, or the Magic Kingdom, I'm sorry, wasn't planned really well in that there were I'm, kind of, I'm tr- trying to phrase this the way you phrased it. I, I think it was Mike that said it, that it wasn't a good use of space in certain areas. Yeah, I, and, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I know exactly. I remember the discussion or the comment I was making that it was that it comes across as flat. And I, I remember the first time I went to, uh, you know, the Disneyland Park and, you know, I loved it. But I also thought that there was a lot of things in a small area. And I know that they did that as the park grew, but... To think that Disneyland was is much better at you know their space management, I don't. I just didn't agree with that comment at all. That's one of the things I didn't agree with. I thought I think Disney World you have lots of space. Or I'm sorry, the Magic Kingdom you have lots of space. You have you know the appropriate amount of space between different attractions, and maybe that cuts down on the charm a bit that Disneyland might have, but. I just you know, I, that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I heard that. All right, so I, I, th- I think yeah, that was addressed because Greg was coming. I, if I remember the conversation, also, Greg was making a similar comment that you were making in that you have a lot of space, but and Mike was talking about well, you have these little intricate, uh, uh, little intricate areas, and it's needed at Disneyland because yeah, we're limited on the space that you can add into it. So we kind of go through these little corners and curves, and it gives a lot more dimension to it. Uh, Fantasyland was used as the example. You go into Fantasyland, you got the left, you have the right. You don't have these little curves that go around the restaurant and over behind 
uh, storybook and goes between Alice in Wonderland and the teacups. You just have the left and the right, and you have these wide spaces. And, yeah, the wide spaces are great because you, when you have the large crowds, it's easy to fit through. Boy, these last two days especially, I, I've been seeing that because we've been getting bottlenecks with the size of the crowds. But, it, it, I, yeah, I, I didn't know what you're talking about on that. See, see I, I, I want to say that because they have space, they're using it, right? And they're using it, they're making it big for big sake. I, I, I agree with you, Mike. They're doing that thing like with Vegas. You, you know, at least this is the way I judge Vegas. Take the Bellagio. Why do we have a big water fountain show and waste all the space that could be casino area? Because we can. Because we have the money and we can flaunt it in your face that we're better than you and we can set the hotel way back off the street. Poor, you know, poor Paris across the street, they they can't afford this, you know, so they're right up on the street, you know. Um, so it's like they flaunt it. You go into the hub, well, hey, you know what? We've got all the space. We're going to use it. So we're going to put a moat around the hub. <laughs> now, the hub is the one place where I think it works well. Uh, though I do miss the trees up in the hub, it seems a little open and empty uh, to me now. Uh, but well-pruned trees, I think, would work there like they used to. But when you get into the actual la- lands, like Adventureland, for one, um, it's, it's just a straight long. shot. It's long and skinny with almost, ab- well, basically absolutely nothing from the point of entry. Now, that's partly because they've shut down a few restaurants in there. Until you get to the Swiss Family Treehouse, which isn't actually the hugest draw in the world. Um, now, this is one where they had space, so they thought, let's throw in a spitting camel and a dumb uh, magic carpet ride right in the yeah, middle and- of an adventure land. But in general, that's just this long, skinny stretch that can get very bottlenecked, uh, not unlike ours. I mean, ours is tight, but I feel more like I'm in a jungle area than I do in their Adventureland. <clears throat> it's not to say I don't like it. I think the theming's improved over the years. But you, in general, felt, you felt in a bottleneck at Walt Disney World's uh, Adventureland before? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, at the peak times, I can spring. You know, I keep going back to spring break, and I'll never go back in spring break again. And I was just <laughs> talking to Sorcerer at Character Breakfast, and um, same thing. He He finally understood what spring break was about because he planned a spring break. Vac- a spring break vacation. The Magic Kingdom can be miserable. Um, yeah. It's just so crowded. And there's not a lot of room in Adventureland until you get to the spitting camel. Then it starts to open up a little bit. But between uh, the spitting camel and the entry, not a whole lot. I mean, you've got a rest- what used to be a restaurant where now they have the bare butt um, baboon standing there for <laughs> guests to you know take their picture with of course any character draw you know adds people standing in the way instead of moving they're just standing about looking um and then you've got uh, the stupid dole whip stand which dole attract, whip line, yeah. attracts a lot of people that you know they don't queue up well they just stand right out in the middle of the walkway <clears throat> so yes i have well, i can see where you know, that part would be a little a little bit but i, I just I remember going, especially during Fantasmic, when you get sent through Adventureland at night. Oh, that's at, such a great Disneyland. big pain in the ass. It's not, not, not going to argue that. Yeah, not would never argue that with you because it sucks, and that's why I avoid that side of the park. I mean, uh, if I can, they're jamming nine thousand people in that area. Yeah, 
Well, <laughs> but, but take the shows and out of it, you know. That's just one third of... Yeah, take the normal circulation of the park. Now, I, I think in some ways it's great that the attractions are spread out a little bit. But there are places that are just, you know, not I don't think used quite as well as they could be. And you, yeah, you lose some of the intimacy, but you don't need intimacy everywhere. You know, open spaces can be used very well. I wouldn't, you know, think a Tomorrowland open space could work well if it's done well. But, you know, you, in Tomorrowland you can see outside the park. Uh, you can see a speedway that really never belonged in Tomorrowland, had made no sense for the theming overall. Uh, and a lot of nothing. In fact, I saw someone post saying with uh, Space Mountain closed, Disneyland's Tomorrowland actually has more to do now. And I started counting on my fingers. And I'm thinking, I think Disneyland's Tomorrowland has more attractions anyways. In fact, Disneyland's Magic Kingdom, I think, has more attractions in a smaller space than the Magic Kingdom does in total. And we could, you know, count them on our hands and fingers and toes and see if, you know, what we come up with. But I'm pretty sure... There are more attractions in the Magic Kingdom or at Disneyland than the Magic Kingdom. Oh, oh, I agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, now, look some at people might say that. Double, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people might say that's the problem. That's what you know. It could and be. We'd well, like to say there should be more because uh, there are time. We need some e-tickets to take some people off the street. Quite frankly, both the parks need something new. The Magic Kingdom has not developed itself like Disneyland has over the years. But again, we've only had Disneyland for most of its history. In Florida, they were able to um, spread it out amongst four at, at or other three parks. Other, yeah. yeah, like the Great Movie Ride, for example, was originally thought to be a pavilion at Epcot. Right. But then they needed to beat Universal, and just let's just put it in a movie uh, theme park instead. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so back to Nate. So I think. One of the, okay. <laughs> sorry. Dude, well, get yourself a glass of water or something, man. <laughs> One other thing was somebody said, I think it was you, Greg, said that you can, they were put off by the fact that you can see the contemporary from Tomorrowland. From inside the park. You know, I'm not necessarily put off by that because that was supposed to be like an extension of Tomorrowland. I yeah. I think that, you you know, this hotel was, you know, supposed to be this new technology. You can see it. That doesn't bother me so much. But Tomorrowland, I find, <clears throat> because it is so wide and open. It just seems like there's nothing there. You walk in, you know, you, you've got MILF now, which, you know, whatever. Uh, you've got a stitch on a stick um, to the left. It's There's not a lot saying, do me, do me, do me as I walk in. <laughs> you know, you walk into ours. Now, granted, I think uh, Buzz uh, Buzz's exterior, uh, it's a facade, is a waste. Uh, it's done very poorly. Uh, but you got Star Wars or Star Tours drawing you in. You've got Buzz drawing you in. Uh, you get a little, well, you know, we used to have a people mover, but just forget about that for a second. You've got some stores drawing you in. You've got, uh, you know, interventions turning. You've got Space Mountain to the left. You walk into the Magic Kingdoms, you keep walking and say, I don't know. It just seems like there's nothing drawing you in in the main throat till you get to the uh, Orbitron or whatever it's called out there. Well, that's, that's the other thing at Disneyland is you got the Astro Orbiter right out there in the middle of the entrance, which is yeah. a big. Big giant that's, weenie as that's well. That's actually screwed. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think it's actually screwed the flow up. That, oh, that's a big mistake. Undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah. It can't be a weenie, though. The weenie is supposed to draw you in. It doesn't draw I, you in. It's right there. I, well, it was I, the I weenie. It was, it was the weenie, yeah. and then they moved yeah, it, it. Yeah, the rocket jets back in the old days was the weenie down there. 
I, I just agree with your thoughts about Magic Kingdom uh, Tomorrowland not having a whole lot. Because when you, you go across the bridge, I know the bridge is kind of long there, but when especially when they added the, the new Tomorrowland of 1994, when they have the uh, the kind of the, the new entrance with the, the, the thing over the top there, you've got the People Mover, or I'm sorry, the TTA running, you know, constantly through there. You had, uh, you know, but you look know, at the T on the right. You had uh, Alien Encounter on the left, which always had a big line. You yeah, so why, ahead, why, a, why did they screw with that? I mean, there, there was, there's something that you I don't know. know. That makes me mad. I don't, I don't understand that either. They shouldn't have. Now, I, I see. I like the traditional uh, classic entrance at Tomorrowland with the water coming down. I understand they had some, uh, let's say, architectural issues with the water and leakage and all that. But I always found that the TTC, or I'm going to sorry, the Wedway, being on the left and right, um, got lost up there versus Disneyland's down the middle. Now, I understand it's probably they wanted to do it for coverage for rain. Uh, maybe they thought the, the thing straight down the middle was too um, confining to guests moving around because you have to have the pylons and such. But I actually liked it down the middle because you could see it moving and it was open. But oh, granted, you <laughs> got... See, you got to remember, the first time I went there, you had Rocket to the Moon or Rocket to the Mars. Um, Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars on the left. You had Circle Vision on the, the right. Uh, not in 75, I think. Well, I don't know. 75, it might have still been the moon. I don't remember okay, if it was Mars. When, I thought you uh, know when it opened. Uh, well, when it opened, it, it might have been the moon. I don't remember. You know, shoot, I, I got lucky. When I went in 75, Space Mountain had just opened because – the opening opening day, half of Tomorrowland wasn't even there yet. Uh, but you you know you go in, and you've got so you've got two attractions, sort of like we do when you first go in. Uh, you used to have now you have Buzz. You used to have that uh, Delta show, which I actually kind of like. If you had, if you had wings, wings, and it was Dreamflight, yeah. you've got the rocket ship and all that. So now we're we're about equal on attractions. <laughs> What's that? After Delta, after Delta dropped theirs, it was Take Flight. Or take or was it Dream Flight? It was, it was Dream it Flight, but when, when Dream Flight and then Take Flight. Oh, okay. Because Delta pulled their sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, actually, was it was Eastern Airlines? I think when I went in '75, then it changed to Delta, and then wherever it went after that. Uh, you, that now that stage, you know, they've already shutting down the new Stitch show. It's so bad from what I'm hearing, uh, which you know I don't like Stitch anyway. Where, so where was that Stitch show? Was on outdoor stage somewhere? It was yeah, at the Galaxy stage. Palace Theater there. If you if you go look at the stage between Carousel Progress and where Buzz, uh, S, not uh, Space Ranger, oh, spin yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Okay, there was a stage show there. Well, they actually they changed it a bit because it used to be just benches that faced a giant stage, and then they they kind of revamped it to where you had people actually on just level ground, and then the stage kind of trying to make it seem more like a. A concerty type show where you have people standing and watching rather than sitting in seats. And yeah, they, see, uh, <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, I'm not. I was just clearing my throat. I, other than saying, see, there's another stage that went unused for a long time back in the 70s and early 80s, like when Richard and I went. That stage was used for, um, kids you know, of ban- the kingdom, <laughs> kids of the kingdom bands, you know, things that yeah. you could hear from a distance to draw you in. It's almost become hidden back there uh, and not really drawing you in like it used to um, it is and uh, i know it was used during the 90s a lot for like when you know schools would come down and and, and play 
uh, they would have like you know band competitions, like high school band competitions, and, and they yeah. would say oh, you get to play in the park, and that's where they would get to play. Yeah, it's kind of Disneyland. Plaza Gardens. Yeah, like Plaza Plaza Gardens. Yeah, Disneyland. Right, and so it was used a lot for that. And that was just to get you know people to come, more people to come down. <clears throat> So, so coming up, coming up to this point, we're about even in attractions. We have a space mountain. You have a space mountain. We sort of have rocket jets. We don't have our people mover anymore. But we've got the honey I shrunk the audience. We've got the submarines. <laughs> we have uh, <laughs> a topia going in there. We've got a, a train stop the going there. You've got uh, the monorail. There. So it seems like there's a lot going on. Though Richard, Richard, tell your story. I've heard this one too many times. But go ahead and tell the story about the guy who asked you. Hang on. Was oh, that you? Yeah, that, that was. Be careful. Yeah, be careful for flying uh, batteries. But yeah, um, what was the story now? I don't know. It was your story about a guy asking you what to do in Tomorrowland. Oh, yeah, this happened just well last week. I think it was. We're standing right in front of Space Mountain, uh, underneath the old uh, People Mover Station. And he sits there, and, and he's looking at me and goes, well, what is there to do? I, I don't see anything to do. And I'm standing there, and going, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to do anything. I, I, I can't find anything. There's nothing in here. And I go, well, right behind you over there is Space Mountain. And just down the road over here on your uh, left is uh, Star Tours, and you got Buzz Lightyear across the street from there. This big round building here is the Interventions with all the toys over there. You got the submarines and the monorail right above it, and the Atopia cars right next to that. And the guy looks at me and goes, Where? And I go, Right there. Just go right inside that building. Where? He's, he's, he's looking for an exposed roller coaster. He's looking for something like you would find at Six Flags, where all the rides are out in the open and you can easily go, you know, see the attractions operating rather than he's attractions that are enclosed as part of a show element and the thing that i'm finding funny is this isn't a this has become more of a normal comment that people have made over the last month i've gotten this several times from people going where is everything we're standing in front of new orleans square and person's looking at me going what is there to do well you got pirates right here and you got the haunted mansion over there where Oh, never mind. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I, did you guys hear? At least uh, somebody at the Monor or the Monorail Society said that uh, Six Flags Countrywide announced bankruptcy this yeah, last they did week. That. Yeah, Chapter they did. Eleven over the weekend. They're okay. not going to close any parks, though. <clears throat> uh, too bad. No, they're just reorganizing, trying to get rid of two point eight billion dollars in debt. Well, they were, you know somebody was going to buy the one out here and redevelop it uh, as homes or businesses, but then the drop out of the market totally screwed that up. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, and you also, you also I have ever, a, I don't. Go well, you, you said, well, you've got all this. You got the. I never said didn't have any more attractions, especially now. You go to Disney, Walt Disney World right now with uh, you know Space Mountain and the People Mover being closed. Tomorrowland's a. Uh, you know, it's dud right now because you got Stitch, you got Monsters Inc. You, you got nothing but Carousel of Progress. I think uh, well, that's, that's really what I'm saying. I not, I didn't say you said it, but someone I think posted on Twitter yeah. that that comment that oh, finally Disneyland has more to do in their Tomorrowland. I think you know, you know, quite frankly, I think we have more to do in our Tomorrowland without those two things being closed. Uh, and then yeah, the Jedi Academies. So we have, I guess, it's because we have a lot of stuff that's also outdoors and visible. 
uh, year. I mean, you, you guys well, used to have a stage similar to um, our Tomorrowland Terrace. That there actually, is a lot of stuff that's outdoor, outdoor uh, accessible actually, that isn't being used. I think that's another thing. You have the people who track that's just there. You have the Orbitron or whatever it is. It's just, it's just there. It, oh, it, no, it the Orbitron, like, you, you can ride the Orbitron. The uh, yeah. not the, I'm the sorry, the bottom half of the rocket jets. I've yeah, heard it, it. It's, it still moves and it still plays music, but it gets muted an awful lot now because uh, they can't have that thing go off when they're doing Jedi Academy, so they yeah. mute it. That, that thing is just stupid. It, it was. It, the, you know, the conce- the conceptual art really looked cool because it had lights, it had lasers, it had all the, the conceptual art always looks good because you can lie your ass you off know, in art. Yeah, you know, the one thing is, and you, in both uh, both Nate and Greg, you both mentioned the same thing. Um, you know, Tomorrowland at Disneyland has a lot more going for it, but let's take a look at it. You have Star Tours. In I, don't, I don't think Nate said that, well, but no, I no. did. No, I think I think no, have, I did. I just said that. You have, you have Star Tours going on in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Well, that's over at the studios in Florida. You have Magic Eye Theater going for you at Disneyland. Well, that's over at Epcot Center in Florida. You have, you know, there's a lot of things. Well, I don't we think don't, we call it the Magic Eye Theater anymore. And I don't think it's called. Epcot. No, it's it's, well, it's his. We call it Hista, and I think it's still Hista over at uh, Epcot. Honey, I shrunk the kid. Yeah. Honey, I shrunk the audience. Yeah. Oh, audience, um, whatever. But but the point being is, you know, it, you're looking at a lot more, but we're compact. We don't have all the extra parks. And you were mentioning that just a little bit ago is that Florida, um, because of, this, of its size and the, the fact that it has four separate major parks with it, it has the capability of spreading this stuff out. And so when you do have major closures like over at Space Mountain, it makes the place a little, a little bit of a ghost town because you don't have everything else right there to cover for it. The problem, yeah, but get on. The problem with the Tomorrowland in Disneyland is the use of space is really, really poor. You've got, the, you know, where the, the what do you call it, the observatory or whatever, it takes up a huge amount of space there. And then you've got this just weird seating arrangement for the Tomorrowland Terrace, you've got chairs and stuff out by the, you know, you, by the you, uh, the sub. You've you got know, chairs making the way. It just, I, I you know where the chairs seen? came from? You want to know? You hear the story of how the seating came into Tomorrowland Terrace on that south end of it? Yeah, I don't think he was talking about the south end, but go ahead. That's over the uh, tunnel for the old. Yeah, that was over. That was nice, flat, and it actually made sense back then. And the seating kind of stuck out and extended over to what used to be called the lunching pad. Now it's called the Tomorrow Landing. It's a store. It used to be the lunching pad, which was a quick little snack bar with popcorn and punch and sandwiches there. And he had a nice little flat level seating that you could sit there. You could see the stage. You didn't have all these tiered risers on the stage area. Then they had to build this tunnel to be able to reach from uh, the queue for uh, rocket, rocket rods to get into the station. The queue for rocket rods is where Buzz Lightyear is now. And you went through the building there, and then you went down underground and then came up through the center column to go upstairs to the rocket rod. So you couldn't put the tunnel completely underground because that was a little too deep. So they put it partially underground, and they just put this... <laughs> rise in the sidewalk to go uh, up not, over the <clears throat> nothing is ever too deep if they wanted to they could have they could have done it they just chose not to i think we need to have a discussion of intangibles though you know we can we can compare lands we can compare uh, yeah, who's I, got uh, what i mean cuz you know wouldn't you just love to have you know uh 
Liberty Square at Disneyland. I would like to have Liberty Square. Because that's the only thing I would think is worthy of saving, actually, Magic Kingdom. I would like to have it a little more immersive, but in general, I would take it as it is, yes. I would like to to have the Hall of Presidents. I would like to have a medium version. We've talked about that. You 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 don't need to introduce all of them. I'd like to cliff notes. Oh, yeah, you do. Can you imagine? Okay, can you imagine 50 years from now? Holy crap, they're going to read off 100 friggin' names. Yeah, <laughs> you know? cool. No, I think it's going to... Speaking years from now, there's 100 names. Uh, yeah. All right, 70, uh, <laughs> da, 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 12, 60 some odd names. 60, 60 names. 60 yeah. names. Yeah, I, I would rather have the cliff notes or the, the, the highlighted version of that and take you know you know four or five of the top and cut the rest out. And yes, I've we've talked about a hybrid show before. And, but in, yes, I would like to have that as in Square, but I don't think that's ever going to happen either. But in general, when I went to to Florida in 82 with Mark, a friend of mine, we completed the Magic Kingdom in one day. I've never been able to complete Disneyland in one day. We literally were doing things over. So now we're there for five days. We're like, okay, now what? And it, there was no Epcot yet. Um, so we did a lot of the water sports, came back to Disneyland on another – or uh, Magic Kingdom on another day. And we weren't in any rush by any means. Um I, I like the park, but there are times when I don't feel like I'm in. Uh, let's see. That trip was September. Um, I've been in June twice. No, I'm asking about that December. trip. We did everything. Did, did everything the park close that was seven or eight? I uh, closed. And that was the thing that really upset us. It closed at like uh, six or seven. Yeah. Okay. My first trip to Magic Kingdom, the hours are ten to six that day. Well, you got to remember around that time you. You may have had a crowd of in September of you know nine ten thousand people too. So yeah, it's not for, like today. No, no, and and you can get everything done. That's the point: is that you can't. You Granted, can't. but but still, you know, <laughs> they haven't added what I would call a major attraction in, since Splash. In my well, mind, it's because they put all their major attractions in the other other parts. Because people go to Magic Kingdom for no good reason. For no apparent reason, I'm sorry. Well, to be honest, I mean, it's, my, the, it's the busiest. It's the busiest park of the four, and it's got the less going on there. The why, least, the least, and, and why is that? I used to like to make that my the first thing I do and the last thing I do. Same I like here. To leave, we, we I, I like I, to leave the Magic Kingdom. You know, be the last thing I've seen because it is similar to Disneyland. It's got that nostalgic thing. It was the first thing I ever saw in Florida, and I like to go there first. But some of my kids they like to get to like the Animal Kingdom or something else first now. But I still like leaving and saying goodbye as I'm taking the boat or the monorail away from the park. But you're right. I and maybe to us, Mike. Maybe it's because we have Disneyland. Did you ever consider that we I, we have Disneyland, I, so the Magic Kingdom isn't as magical to us? I have considered that, and and I've come to grips. That's probably part of the reason. the The last time we went, my wife had, she said to me, "You know what? We don't have to do this two times. <laughs> we don't have to go to she. She like your wife prefers Animal Kingdom, and I prefer Epcot. You know, and 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 but see, uh, Nate's, like, we, Nate's comment about the dining, uh, you know, Epcot dining. Almost all our dinners are in Epcot for some reason. Oh, okay, let's know. let's talk about that for a second and, and what Nate said because I wanted to, that could almost be a show by itself. But um, I probably will never do the prince. Well, I've never done the princess thing at the Cinderella Castle because when I did it, it wasn't. A, I've done it twice. Once back in the uh, early '80s, and it 
was King, King Stephens, Stephens done, yeah. and it was great. The atmosphere was great. We saw the fireworks going off uh, through the, the stained glass windows. Great experience by luck. We didn't plan it that way. It just happened. We walked up literally that morning. Hey, uh, can we have uh, dinner at 7? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, now, you know, if you don't do it 90 days ahead of time or whatever the new the time lapse thing is. Uh, but I think there are two fine, uh, pretty, pretty nice dining Believe it or not, I had to do it as a kid. Well, I didn't have to do it. It just happened. It is a character thing. And if you want to eat there, um, the Crystal Palace was a great buffet. Yes, uh, it was. It was. I thought it was worth the money, even putting up with the poo walking around. If you like poo with your food, this is a great place to go. Um, <laughs> I and like I thought I, was it character I, for both lunch and dinner. I don't remember. Uh, we went for lunch. I don't know. Same here. I, I, it and, is Nate. It, it is. is okay. Yeah, because it's a. I think on the side it says uh, Crystal Palace dining with character. There, as far as I'm it. concerned, there is too much character dining. There needs to be some time without the little fuzzy. Oh, boys. and what's the other place you're going to say? Liberty Tree Tavern. Liberty Tree Tavern. Yes. I enjoyed the food there quite a bit. Yeah, Liberty, Liberty Tree is good. Liberty Tree is a nice place. Um, Have you eaten one there? One place. Hmm? Have you eaten there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, half, half the time when he says that, he's never eaten. That's he's a great place. By, but, or he smelled, no, or he's poked his head inside. No, I think okay. they don't have character anymore. Uh, did it, didn't they bring it back? Didn't they well, say they were stopping it for? Well, I thought they stopped it. I, had they brought it back? You guys have they, been there since I've been there. You guys what, went for Mouse Fest, right? Yeah. What they yeah. did, yeah, what they did for that joint was they cut out one meal, so there, there, you could have a meal there without characters. Because, like, let's say lunch is no no characters, dinner is character, or vice versa. It probably is the opposite way. I'm probably lunch characters, dinner no characters. No, lunch was no character. Uh, I had lunch there, and there were characters uh, a couple of years ago. But whenever they cut back, it, one of those went without. You know, it's like they, they still have one meal with, one meal without. Well, then they cut lunch because I ate lunch there without characters. And I thought oh. they dropped the whole thing, but they didn't lower the price. Oh, wow. I've... I, you know, I don't pay for characters. I pay for the meal if characters are with it. Well, it great. costs more for characters. I know that. Yeah, I, I know it does, and it's dumb because those guys don't make that much. But maybe in a, you, you did um, – when you did the orientations, you had the typical um, fill you with all the Disney magic oh. and all that. Tell me if you've ever heard this, that there are no restrooms in Liberty Square. Well, there's a restroom in Liberty Tree. Yeah, there is upstairs. <laughs> hey, but you know that um, um, the Diamond Horseshoe over the years has been listed as Frontierland, and it's also been listed sometimes as um, Liberty Square. And yeah, because where it, where it lies on the map there. Right, right. And it's definitely not themed as Liberty Square, though Part of the side is through that tunnel over to Adventureland. But some have told me, and I don't know if I totally buy this. That's why I'm asking you, that those restrooms actually in in the Liberty Tree Tavern are on the Frontierland side of the building. Uh, no, they're in the <laughs> back of the building. They would. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Want to know? You know, you know, we have those stupid rumors that cast members put out about they, basketball uh, courts. They gerrymander and all. that map there so that the restrooms are the only things. That's yeah, kind of like the uh, one at Disneyland. There are no restrooms in Frontierland. Well, isn't it's your Frontierland about 10 steps long? No, it's Frontier. a little longer than that. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah. Frontierland. Let's think about it. You're right. Well, kind of, because 
it depends. You have the corridor, the breezeway between Rancho del Zoclo and Pla- and the uh, There's toilets in Carnation there. Gardens. And that's where the restrooms are. Would you consider the breezeway part of Frontierland, or would you consider it part of Plaza Gardens? It's, well, theme, it's themed with, with uh, rough-hewn wood and... Uh, see, I kind of lean yeah. that way towards... Um, it used to be that that was exclusively Plaza Gardens, but when they built the breezeway there, I well, kind of yeah. lean that way as that's part of Frontierland now. You, you could look at it this way. The Imagineers have now fracked up, because it probably was true until they did that. Um, yeah. All right, Nate. So anything else? Okay, we talked about the food. So I, I think there's a couple decent dining spots. I was totally disappointed with Tony's and would never do Tony's again. Um, That's yeah. Lou's favorite place. I know. Lou loves the place. I thought it, it was horrible. And it, the damn noodle station has never been open. I've wanted to try it. No, uh, it's only open for, uh, for crazy like, busy times. Yeah, it's only open for crazy busy times. And it's not open for lunch. Ever. Yeah, Dumb. I, I ate there when it was called the... Um, Tomorrowland Terrace. Tomorrowland. No, 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 no. It was the Plaza Inn. Space Place, wasn't it? Plaza oh, Inn is no. Plaza Inn is the restaurant on your way to Tomorrowland Terrace. Actually, if you take a right there at the ice cream shop, you get to the end and you turn right. It, the Plaza Inn is still there. It's a restaurant. That's Tony's, isn't it? No, Tony's is the one in the uh, in the town square. As town soon as square. you get. Yes, oh, it's right oh, by the train right. station. That's right. It's right, right next right. to the, the exposition center or the opera house. See, the last, the last two times we were there, we stopped at Tony's because it was we went and grabbed something to eat when we first got in the park. It just seemed kind of nice there. So I didn't have any bad times there. Tony's is where in Disneyland, like the, the, the Mad Hatter hat, hat Mad shop. Mad Hatter, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I... yeah the Plaza Inn's still there. The Plaza Inn is, is uh, on your way to the Tomorrowland Terrace. Or the noodle. It's called the Tomorrowland Noodle Station now, but it's rarely open. You know, yeah, I, <clears throat> I actually went to get an old guidebook because they changed some of the names around. And um, what is Tomorrowland Terrace now... Or, or maybe it, maybe this I got it backwards. What was, what is now the um, Chuck E. Cheese used to be Tomorrowland Terrace. Com- Cosmic Rays used to be Tomorrowland Terrace. Yes. Yeah. 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 What would you know? Listen, other when we go to Florida, there's I, there's nothing I really avoid as far as restaurant, but there's only one restaurant that is a must go to restaurant that we have to hit while we're there. And that's the Sci-Fi Diner. The others, I can, if I hit it, great. If I don't, I'm not going to be that concerned about it. But I, you like Sci-Fi the Diner's Prime Time Cafe? Sci- oh, Sci-Fi 50s. Dine, oh. Sci-Fi Dine In, Richard, not Diner. Do you guys like the '50s Prime Time Cafe? Yes, yes. I do. My I do. my my kid didn't like it because they embarrassed them. Yeah, they picking on him. Yeah. yeah, it was okay for me. The '50s Prime Time was was okay. I think okay. the food there it's, is it's, really, is pretty good. I think that's the some of the best food. In it, their meatloaf is awesome. The yeah. Meat, yeah, the meatloaf was pretty good. Yeah, I, but, I don't go to a theme park to eat meatloaf, but I, uh, the oh, one I really did not like was the Italian joint, Mama Rose's. Mama Rose's. Mama, Mama, Mama Melrose. Melrose, yes. Mama, I felt like I was eating at some rinky-dink place in a strip center. Yeah. I, we, the, that's because you guys have good Italian food where you live. <laughs> the food, you're we right, Greg. The food wasn't all that, uh, the food wasn't all that, but, you know, for some reason that... Ha- one our uh, one trip there had the best one of the best service. Our, our That's like tomorrow. I live in Kansas City. I'm not going to go to Disneyland and eat a steak. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not going to do that because 
I know where the good steak is. Morton. Well, yeah, unless you want to go to Ruth Chris or you know one no. of those. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, but that's not in Disneyland. That's but true. I don't have to pay uh, you know a hundred dollars for a, a a fillet or however much it is when I know I can get a really good steak around where I live for you know a quarter of the price. Yeah, I got to say that the steaks at Storytellers are pretty darn tasty. But I know what you mean. Why pay that much when you uh, don't have to? Uh, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, Mama Rosa's was also this the longest I've ever waited for any ADR. Probably I think we waited an hour for our ADR. Wow. So that was That's already harsh. you know grating on me. Uh, plus what time the, of year did you go? Uh, that would have been the. It was, August, you know, August? it was yeah, it was free dining end of August or your beginning Grand of, Floridian you know. trip maybe. Oh, it was uh, free yeah, dining. I think it was okay. Grand Floridian trip. Yeah, but you know, not one other place did I wait more than really? five to ten minutes. Yeah, it was just could have been more. just that place because I've never really waited at all, and sometimes I've walked out, walked in without a reservation, without an ADR. So at Mama yeah, Melrose's, sure. Yeah, I've never had. It's, it's kind of hidden back there. If you don't know it's there, it, it doesn't get a lot of walk-ups. I know because when I worked at the Sci-Fi, we got a ton of walk-ups because we're located right off of uh, off of uh, Star Tours there, and and so you know we would get a lot, but we would always always send people to Mama Melrose's if we were full. You know, funny enough though, I walked right past Sci-Fi Dine-In um, when I. I I went in 86 with Richard and my wife, and then I didn't get back through the years I was a cast member. Didn't get back till 2005, and just my son and I went. And I had no clue about the whole ADR thing because when I went in 86 and Richard and I, if you wanted to eat somewhere, you just walked up and uh, asked for a time. And most of, in Epcot, you had to actually a kiosk I think you could make reservations at also. You didn't really have any trouble getting into restaurants. So here I go in 2005, and not really knowing this, I I we were watching that little promo show inside the All Star on the TV, and it and it mentioned Sci-Fi, and I oh I'm like, damn I forgot about this restaurant. We got to do this. So I just called the reservations uh, from the uh, resort that night and got lunch the next day with no problem at all. Uh, though I, I have people tell me all the time they can't do that, but I have seen people walk up. Uh, we'd like to make you know, reservations, or can we eat? Nope, we're full for the day. Sorry, uh, and just turning people away. But we we were looking for. We walked right past it or down the wrong street because you know you, you're in the soundstage area, and they pretty much all look the same. And we walked, I think, probably down the wrong aisle or something because I think that park's laid out like crap. But a lot of those themed restaurants like Sci-Fi and like. Um I'm trying to think of another one, but they they have tables that they will not put ADRs at because they are wheel, wheelchair accessible. And so when I worked there, there were five or six tables well, that actually we, had chairs instead of you sitting in the cars. In a car. It was shaped oh, like a car at the front and the back. So I've seen those. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, the table and chair cars. But you, you can walk up and get those if you go right at the beginning of the day. Or if it's not that busy time, they might have one open. Or the but, benches in the back. What about the... Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the picnic table looking type of things. Yeah, those yeah, those, two. those are lame. You know, I had more fun at the picnic table than I think I've ever had in the car. That just was great. Well, the, you know the thing I don't like about the cars is you've got very limited space. But I went with a big group where instead of a, putting six of us in a car where, you know, you've got two in each seat, 
they had a car front and a car back, and they had long table. Maybe, maybe these are the tables you're talking about. That's what about. I'm talking about, yeah. Long tables in between. And I had noticed those on the previous trip, and I thought, oh, maybe this is something new. Um, but I think we've just announced another way for those people with uh, wheelchairs to get over on the rest of us when they're <laughs> faking it and just rent one when they don't really need one. Um, but nobody wants those when they see them. They want the real cars. I, you know, after sitting at the real cars, I would rather have one of those because there's no place to put anything. Well, how about how about yeah. the fact that you can't have a conversation with anybody? Yeah. Sometimes that's good, but uh, well, okay. You know, but you know, that's that's why I enjoyed. I think that's why I enjoyed the picnic table so much because I remember when we went uh, and sat in the cars. You're okay. You have somebody that you can sit next to, but it's kind of hard if you're trying to talk to anybody else in the group. When we sat at the picnic table, we're all sitting at the, around the table, and you can look. And it felt like you were just sitting at you know outside and everything, and you're looking at the screen. You had everything that was still with the same environment as you had it with the cars, but now you can actually sit around and look at people and talk to people, and you can get just as comfortable, if not more so. Yeah, the only problem with those is there's a lot of traffic going right past your table. So if you want to really see what's on the on the screen, there's a lot of people walking in front of you. You know, some of them are on roller skates. But some I, are. I I looked at it as really nice because food came right to you. It wasn't yeah. like I had to wait for them to come around everybody to get up to my table. We were oh, yeah. right the there whole, by the kitchen The whole door. two or three seconds to uh, get your food to your table is really yeah. taxing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one has to keep one's priorities set. And... Uh, yeah, you, you, they kind of you get to interact a little more with the cast members in the back as well. You know, if you sit in those tables, they do interact with you. Yeah, that that reminds me, I forgot about that because we did actually have a couple of the uh, cast members actually just came in there, and while they were waiting for their orders and they didn't have anything, we sat around and we talked for a little bit. So, well, isn't that sweet, Richard? It was <laughs> sweet. It was very nice. It was very, very sociable. But, you know, that's a restaurant. You don't, like I say, necessarily go for the food, though. I think the ribs there are very good. You go for the atmosphere, the the uniqueness of the restaurant. I mean, I, I don't know how many people I see walk in that just want to take a picture. They just want to see what it looks like. Yeah. And I think I'm, I took about 400 pictures of people when I, you know, per day when I worked there. None of them ever came out, I'm sure. So, very looking forward to we're getting the same restaurant here at... Uh, California Adventure. So is that is that a go? Is that, that is that really going to happen? What the restaurant? Who knows? The, one that's, the, re- yeah. the restaurant is a go, and they have uh, they have broken ground on Cars Land, so they are in the process of starting to build up. Okay, okay, Richard. Yeah, what, who, you, who knows what's what, actually going to make it? When are are you you're you're saying here right now on MiceCast on uh, June sixteenth that the Sci Fi Dine In is coming to Disneyland or, or DCA? The when they made the announcement with the expansion, it's sci-fi the dining. Art. What? It, the concept art that they released uh, what was it two October's ago? Whenever they made the big announcement, there was a restaurant that looked just like it. Yeah. So that's not it, it, new. It was told. It was told specifically to us during the when they were announcing us, they were going to build a sci-fi dining as part of Cars Land in the in the new areas with uh, California Adventure. Uh, okay, so was, not back there in the place event. that we, not back there where we thought it should be, which is like, in the Hollywood. Not, not at five and no, not at five and nine. This is going to be over into the new area, since everything. Five and what? Like Hollywood the, and dine. You mean Hollywood and dine? Thank you. 
five and dimes over at. Uh, I, you know, I have not. I'll have to look at the concept art again. I didn't see that. It's not in the blue sky room. They don't talk about it, so that's why it caught me off guard. I don't remember them mentioning yeah, that. It was specifically mentioned that that was going to be included in with the uh, new area. Um, a lot of cheers went up on that one. Those that have been over to Florida that uh, have had a chance to eat at uh, Sci-Fi. Well, a certain. Sorry, a certain website that likes to take credit for any changes that happen that a lot of people like to follow uh, said uh-huh. that that was not going to happen. Uh, you oh, know, a little while later. Well, I mean, this is months ago, and I hadn't heard anything else. So, I yeah, I have not heard of anything that has taken that away. That yeah. I have not heard of anything that let's go. They said we're not going to do that. So I see. I'm going to hold uh, hold on to that. Let me address one other thing that I heard in the last episode that kind of I just remembered. The Tower of Terror. Did somebody say that they would rather have the Tower of Terror at California Adventure over the one at Studios? I think it's when, who was it? I think it was Mike or somebody said that they should get rid of the Studios if they had to get rid of one park. That was Greg and Richard that both thought that if they had to ditch a park in Walt Disney World, they would get rid of the Studios. Yeah, I, I would get rid of the studios, but the tower. Well, to be quite honest with you, the ex, the exterior and the lobby of the Florida Tower Terror are nothing short of spectacular. I think the queue is very <coughs> very well done. Could be a little better, but it's pretty well done. The whole fifth dimension or whatever that crap is called, uh, as you transfer from one shaft to the other. I won't get into Richard's obsession with the shaft. But I personally I was say I'm not. I, I'm not going to go into that area either. Yeah. I could do with or without the whole fifth dimension part. It doesn't do that much for me. In fact, when Richard described to me when he went, he actually rode something. I was surprised. It was a big thing that he rode. Uh-huh. He came back and says, "Yeah, you get to you ride through the hotel." So I had this mental image of you going down like a hallway or something like that. So we get there, and we finally get on the damn thing, and it opens up to a bunch of glass and light effects. And I'm like, this is cheesy. The only good thing was that little kind of light zip kind of thing. It's the only way I can think to describe it. As the doors open and you feel the rush of humidity and heat uh, come in, uh, that's kind of cool. But the rest of it, eh, I could do uh, do with or without. The facade, awesome. The, the queue, great. Uh, the lobby, great. Though our, I don't think our lobby is uh, any less desirable. It's a little smaller. You don't have as high as the ceiling. But I think once you get in ours, the theming is done pretty well. It's the exterior that needs some work. In fact, if they would have carried the whole look around 360 a little better and given us a little better cue, I don't think I'd have a problem with it at all. I, I like the, the additions with having the two separate areas to uh, the studio Tower of Terror and Greg thinks it's cheesy yeah I'll grant you the going through the fifth dimension with the little glass globes it does look a little cheesy but I think it's an awesome effect I mean I think it just adds into the show and the one thing I really do like a lot is your load area is completely separate from your unload area so that you see people entering, you just see an empty car come up, 
and you enter into it and you never see it come back again and you don't see where people are exiting because they're coming out of a completely different area of the attraction. Yeah, that, that's, an inner geek, that's an inner geek thing and rarely do those doors open and you see people coming out. They let people it's, clear out before you go through there. It's Right. You're talking about over here at Disneyland. But still, when you walk in, you know, here's this hallway that goes down. Oh, this must be our exit hallway. So I, this is where we're going to be exiting out. And when you come down, it just confirms, yeah, this is your exit hallway. When you're at Florida, you don't have that. You're going straight into the car. Great, I'll, I'll, the give, I'll give you that and when part. you're exiting, you're in a completely different part of the attraction. I'll give you that part. But do you think the average, you know, forget us podcasters and the people who follow our shows, do the average guest give a shit? I think they do. I, I think it's. I it think might it, add. It might add to the level of spookiness. Yeah, I th- yeah I just, it, it might. You know, it, it's, I'd like it's to know how those, they. Go ahead. I was going to say it's one of those things that you talk about those little extras that Disney always does, and we can get a little geeky and we can you know do go DF on certain things, but those are the little extras that make quote unquote Disney a little separate from the rest. Is they go through the trouble of doing that. I think this is just that little addition part of the show that really throws that one, you know, you know, all the way over the edge to a little bit more so than ours. Disneyland, we just flat out didn't have the room to be able to build all that. And I think uh, you know what? Job. I think that's a bullshit excuse. We <laughs> had the room if we wanted to use it. I keep hearing because of earthquake uh, restrictions and building codes. And again, I say bullshit. It can be done if they wanted to do it. Um, I just think they chose not to put the, the money into it. Now, funny thing is, uh, from what I understand, the Paris and the um, Tokyo one basically is our ride vehicle. Let's just call it a ride vehicle. Our, our one uh, shaft, the car moves back into it, doesn't trans, you go through the whole uh, fifth dimension. I'm, I'm kind of wondering how they handled that. See, I think if they rethemed that uh, little quarter you're discussing that you come out of, it might not seem so bad, but it's just like painted walls. If they made it look like the walls of the room that you're waiting in, right, right before those doors open, it's like they open and you're right, it's kind of a plain hallway. Though I don't think the average person sees that or notices that, they could have carried the theming through, which would have improved um, that. Maybe they could have put little doors to the left and the right that you have to that push through and open when you leave, so when you go to your elevator, you don't see left or right. There you know are ways could, they could have improved it. Yeah, you know what they could do is similar to what they did with the transporter over at uh, Las Vegas on the Star Trek attraction, where you're looking at walls, and then suddenly everything completely changes. Well, when you enter in, it looks like just this narrow corridor going in, and then when you come down, it completely changes, and you go out where however they... I'm still trying to figure that one out. I know we've talked about it, but that just was an amazing effect they did with the transporter. Yeah, well, so is that is that answering your question, Nate? It wasn't get rid of it. It was as far as a park. I think the question was if we had to get rid of one park, which one we would we get rid of? And you know, I, I did choose the studio. Why? Why is that? Why? Okay, why studios and not DCA? I don't no, no, think, it was I a think, Disney World. It was a Disney World question. If if you had to get rid I of one, it was any, I thought it was any theme park. Oh no! Now I gotta get, then, now I gotta bring up the mail because even if it was, I'd still probably go with the studio. And maybe partly because we live. I'm not gonna say in. We're not in Hollywood, but 
in the general sense, we're in Hollywood. Um, And so it doesn't do that much for me. But then again, I'm in California. We have DCA. Um, I think the layout of the park sucks. I think that they cut back the tour, uh, the backstage tour to be not a backstage tour, but just an excuse to see Catastrophe Canyon and ride on a tram and pretend like we have a tour. Uh, I think they went half-ass on most of their theming there. I think I think uh, the Hollywood studio is Walt Disney World's DCA. Now, I, I think D, I said from the beginning, yeah, DCA isn't a perfect park, but I think once they start doing planned renovations and expansions, it'll become a better park. The Hollywood Studios has had a lot of time to become a better park. They've added a few things in, but again... Um, you got dead end corridors or dead, dead end, you know, dead ends. I mean, I'll, I just don't, I'll, I don't like the, I don't like the planning of it as much as some of the other parks. I'll, I'll throw a little bit of uh, pragmatism into it as well. Is I, I think if I remember correctly, it was a Disney World park. I don't no, think it no, expanded I, to the no, others. I found, but, the, I found. Okay, I found but I'll, I'll be, I'll be a little more pragmatic <laughs> on it as well. Is that? Disneyland only has the two parks. So if you lose one, you're losing 50% of your parks. Florida, Walt Disney World, has four parks. So if you lost the studio, you still have Animal Kingdom, you still have Epcot, and you still have Magic Kingdom. You still have a good portion of... uh, For once, Richard, that is kind of a well-thought-out answer. (laughs) The question really was, uh, any current or future Disney park, which one would get the axe... And we, I like the future. How, yeah. how the hell are we supposed to but, do But, you know, we elected to stick with stuff we had seen. So we left okay. off Euro yeah. and we left off Tokyo and Hong Kong. Since, since we're not like Hero on Heroes, uh, we can't travel to the future. Um, we, yeah, it was best that we just went with what we knew, right? Correct. Yeah, it's funny. None of us got rid of DCA, though, um, which might be a surprise to a lot of people. But See, I... What you said about what you said about uh, studios is is true, and, and that is because in the mid nineties, uh, the uh, powers that be decided that they would start putting money into Epcot, and slowly you saw every future world pavilion get a makeover, and so you saw it with Ellen's, you, then you saw it with Journey, and you saw it with the land, and then space, and, and test track before that, and and hey, finally. Thank you. With- Thank you for uh, just saying makeover, not quality makeover. Well, <laughs> I, I, and I do agree because I really don't like Mission Space, and I, you know, oh, I'll, I'll I love just, Mission I'll, Space. The you you got this themed area, you go and you ride it, and you go and you ride it, and you get off and you walk down a corridor. You've, that's you've totally exactly lost the. I feel, the, too. I, I but, feel the same way. But I love the attraction, man. You can put me on the extreme version. Over and over and over. Well, maybe not over and over and over, but a couple times a day, and I'm happy. That's a great ride. There. Well, but they did that instead of putting more stuff into the studios, and what you saw was a slow decline in a lot of the things in the studios. They, you know, for one for one thing is they they, they wanted to put real production into Orlando. Well, a lot of things. The, the problem with that is is if you do production, you also have to do post production. And Orlando is not Los Angeles, and so you're not going to find too many places where you can do quality post production. And so when they would do these productions, and I think one of the last major ones was in the mid '90s when they did the HBO series from the Earth to the Moon. That was produced by Tom Hanks. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yep. that was an yeah, awesome. Okay. They, yeah, they produced. They did a lot of the stuff there, 
but they ended up having to take that. That was like what, like a thirteen part series, it, sending a lot of their stuff into Los Angeles, and that was one of the last major things. After that, you had a few little things, like an episode here, an episode there. And so you really didn't get that. And that's because people knew there's no reason to do it here. And so they lost a lot of that. They had to close a lot of their, you know, build it and they will come. I don't think they, I don't, I don't think they had the long haul in mind. They thought people would jump right out there because it was cheaper to work, blah, blah, blah. Isn't Nickelodeon still doing their crap out there? No. No. And here's, here's one of the things. Wait, wait. I, I still see things on on those kid Nickelodeon shows where they say in Florida. You're telling me those none of those Nickelodeon shows are uh, taped in Florida I, anymore. I, I, I know a lot of them are taped in Canada, aren't they? Uh, okay, the one I, the one that I know for sure, iCarly, is filmed here in Los Angeles at the Sunset Studios that Nickelodeon has on Sunset Boulevard. The old okay. Sunset Gower. I don't know if it's old Sunset Gower. I just know that there is a. Nickelodeon Studios on Sunset Boulevard. Is it right there by the uh, Paramount? The Paramount uh, uh, Cafe? Uh, Anyways. Um, no, one of the things, you know, when Greg was talking about, yeah, the studios was built there in initially as a direct response to Universal expanding their operation out that way. But there was also a, a serious intention everybody uh, it wasn't just Disney. Uh, Universal was going out there as well as Warner Brothers and uh, Fox were all moving a lot of production to Florida. Florida was really trying trying to sell the state as a good place to do production. And this is when we had a lot of uh, flight going out of California. A lot of production left California. They went out to Florida. Uh, a lot of it went up to Vancouver, British Columbia, um, trying to think of a couple of Tennessee got a lot of productions a lot of things just left Los Angeles because they were getting cheaper labor and uh, uh, a lot of tax incentives on doing production out in the in in those sites and yeah all your post production is still going to come into California come back to Los Angeles because you have you got Glen Glen sound and Disney has also a huge sound facility on this on property to be able to uh, do mixing and post production. Skywalker, on. and then you got Skywalker Ranch up in uh, Merce, uh, Marin County, but that's going to happen regardless. Uh, post production and production are two are, are very separate from one another. But what happened was they had that they had all those incentives to move into these other places, and Florida being one of them. And they started filming, but then the incentives started running out because they, they got what the states got what they wanted, and they were getting the business. And so they started saying, "Well, you know, yeah, that was an incentive to get you out here. Now you're here. We're going to do normal business." And a lot of uh, the production companies realized, "Okay, yeah, there are some things we can film out here. There's some things that aren't as easy to film out in, in Florida as they would be." Elsewhere, California included, and then the uh, it just kind of started wavering to where, uh, and then also California, Los Angeles in particular, started getting semi a little bit more competitive because they were just realizing how much they were losing, and production started slowly coming back into uh, the California area, and with the Disney Studios, it was originally meant to be. Theme part theme park, part actual production facility. You just had this production facility that 
like Greg said, you started with a backlog tour. It kept shrinking, kept shrinking to where it's nothing now, and you don't have any production. The only thing you really have going on is you have all these sound stages. Well, they put another show into this one, another show into that one, but you don't get the chance to be able to put real serious attractions in there. Yeah, they did put a few serious attractions in there. Rock and Roller Coaster being one, and Terror Terror being another. But you know, besides that, up until Toy Story Mania here lately, they haven't really done anything. Right. Well, that's what I mean. You know, you had uh, Air, you had uh, Walt's 100th anniversary a few years back, and then you had the Aerial Show, and then what was it, Bear and Big Blue House? And they would add these shows, and they would update shows. And then you got Fantasmic. Fantasmic was a real big addition as well. Pardon? I was just saying I forgot about Fantasmic. They did. That yeah, Fantas- Fantasmic was a big addition um, going out well, there. One of the reasons they added that was because if you looked around the studios at about you know six thirty in the evening in nineteen ninety six ninety seven, it was getting pretty dead. People were heading over to the Magic Kingdom to watch the fireworks. Heading over to Epcot to watch Illuminations, and so they needed something to keep people there. But exactly. isn't isn't that okay though? I mean, I, no, what that's I, not. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's one of the reasons why they brought it there. But as far as you know, you can't do that during the day. It's not like that's gonna. Uh, it's it's not like it's gonna ha- have a you know a line throughout the day. You're still gonna have that, and so. I just, I still do think they did neglect it, you know, in, in lieu of they had all the stuff they had to do to Epcot, and then they opened up Animal Kingdom, and just left by the way. But I still think it's a great and, park as far as the stuff that they have there now. And, and I agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. Is it's mostly out of neglect that because they've been working on these others, but I think that's also partly because just the design concept. They really, they had a neat idea, one or two neat ideas, and then they just never really pushed to further it on and the stuff that they had going they kind of just dropped the ball and let it go yeah and i think a lot of the money that they made you know in the 90s stuff like that they put it into other things when they should have been putting it into adding and upgrading like you know i think they uh, have done a pretty good job of that at disneyland lately they didn't do a very good job of that when they had the resources to do that at walt disney world well yeah you could even say that about the magic kingdom because um, quite frankly, other, you know, you could have said um, Alien Encounter was a good ad. You know, that was a really big thing. But the way I look at it, since Splash Mountain, nothing else has really uh, said, hey, I need to go to Disney World again because I need to see that. You mean, Magic, you King- like- you mean Magic, Magic Kingdom when you say that? Uh, I'm, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I mean, do you like Philhar Magic? Sure. Uh, yeah, but it's not an e-ticket that would draw me out okay. there. Per, you sure, know, purpose. I know you're not Actually, I, magic, I, but you do I do like show. that. Yeah, it's, I think it's a great show, I, and I think it's a decent replacement for a kind of semi-lame show, which was the Mickey Mouse Review. Actually, uh, it's I, one of the few things we only make sure we go see when we go to the Magic Kingdom. Well, it was Mickey Mouse Review, and then it was Magic Journeys, and then it was Legend of the Lion King. And never, yeah, I never saw any of those. Because okay. you well, know Nate, Nate, Nate's been, you know Nate lives at Walt Disney World, so. right? We had Magic Journeys out here. here I was going to so. say you had Magic Journeys in that theater over there when they moved it out of uh, Imagination Pavilion. Yeah, it, it actually moved it there. Yeah, before I Captain actually Neo still, was, yeah. I still enjoy well, that. Neo was going. Oh yeah, when Captain Neo was going, Captain Eeyore. 
Um, I still enjoy Magic Journeys. I still enjoy listening to the music to it too. Just, I think, yeah, I think the music was pretty pretty good. The music's good. The uh, visual effects were, uh, I think, dated from it, the. They, well, it, it at the time, metal film. Yeah, at the time they did it, it was ahead of its time. I think first 3D underwater had a bunch of firsts in it. Um, but and it's it like one the, of those things you got to look at in the time capsule of when it was made. The, and yeah. the way the 3D was designed was somewhat unique in uh, in using the two, two cameras and the two projectors rather than a single film strip with, with a split prism on there. Yeah. Uh, I think Kev's Neo's made the same way with the two projectors, right? Pardon? I want to say you're correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember. I just I knew that about that one. I didn't know Magic Journeys was the same way. Well, Magic the, Journeys was the fill-in, right? Magic Journeys was because the theater was all was designed for Captain Neo from the beginning. No, no. It was, no, it wasn't designed when it opened in eighty. No. Well, we had this argument once when freaking Magic Journeys opened. <laughs> Magic, Journey, Magic Journeys opened at Epcot Center with the Imagination Pavilion, and then they brought it out to Disney. It actually opened before. The Journey into Imagination ride because the Journey into Imagination right. ride was not open on or was not ready on opening day, and they had a contract with uh, with uh, Kodak Kodak that they had to have something open, and so they they had to have that open prior yeah. to and the other the actual ride didn't open until uh, till the spring of '83. Yeah, but it, it it was one of the major was. Well, I didn't read the major draw there over at the Imagination Pavilion. But then later on, they brought it over to about, was it, 85, I want to say. They brought it over to Disneyland. Maybe it was 84, but I think it was 85. They brought it to Disneyland. We had it at Space Place before they actually enclosed it, or Space Space Stage before they enclosed it into a new theater. And then, Can I say one thing before, before I forget here? You, we were talking about food earlier. I think Red Rocket's Pizza Port is the best place to eat at any Disney uh, park. Any? Okay, you're, on, Wait, you're, any? On, you're, you're off the show now. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's got to be. I love that salad with the cranberry and the whatever. And oh, the, because of the, the food choice, not because of its location or theming. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't care about the location. I, I love the food they have there. They have that. Oh, they okay. have that uh, chicken, I like juicy, whatever. That is like your best meal you, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say they liked it. I wasn't particularly impressed by it. Um, but, you know, for whatever floats your boat, I guess. I mean, I, I, you, I like you... Red Rockets. It is one of the places that I will go out of the way for. I like the food, the chicken fusilli that they yeah, have in there. Yeah. And th- the one thing I like in particular is you have the interior seating in the restaurant, but if you're sitting, quote-unquote, outside in the old space place sitting area, next to the uh, Space Mountain queue, you're still, I mean, even on the hottest day, it's still nice air conditioned. You you might as well consider yourself inside. It, it, you have a lot of seating that's really very comfortable seating hey, out there. That's that dry. Door have a, why doesn't that door have a handle? Which door? The door that leads out to the main Tomorrowland area. Why, doesn't, why do they have a, a cast member at the front door when you walk in that doesn't do anything but says hi and tells you the it hands you a it hands you a tray. Yeah, and then when you walk out, if you walk out through the old Mission to Mars round room there, uh, if you walk out, that door has no handle to be able to get back in. I know, and that's a pain when you're trying to get into that restaurant. You don't want to get caught up in the crowd. 
uh, trying to get through the front door. So you try to go over that and you try to muscle your way through or actually what I end up doing half the time, there's another access door down the line that if you have a key, you can just get through the door real fast. Nate, have you gone to Taste Pilots Grill? Oh, I love Taste Pilots. I, you know what? Um, I, I That's like my second favorite place, too. Oh, okay. I, I really like the gourmet burgers out in California, too, so I forgot. I, yeah, and Taste Pilots has the best burgers, I think, out of Disneyland. Yeah, I guess. and you know, another thing is... And they're better than Knott's Berry Farm now. Yeah, they are. They are. There was nothing better than Knott's back in the day, but uh, I still find Disneyland's hamburgers, other than maybe Taste Pilots, um, not worthy of consumption. You know, it's like they're terrible. I don't know where they get their yeah, food. Yeah, they suck. It, it, they're they're pretty bad. <laughs> don't hold back, Mike. Oh, do uh, man. Feel? No. Well, I got to say, you know, back in the day when you could get chili smothered on one in the, the uh, Village House, you know, that kind of covered up the rancid taste of the meat. It was kind of like why they invented uh, gravy to cover up the rancid meat back in the old days. But, you know, when he said so, Red Rocket Port, I was thinking that uh, Pizza Planet at. Uh, no, no, oh, no, my no. gosh. That That is such a deceptive place. Hold on. Wait, you hold know, on wait. Before we move on to this, you said something about you could get something on a burger. Does that mean that you would want like a topping bar? No, no, no. Uh, no, he, no. He didn't mean like, it. it it's, no, 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 not at all. More not. food, essentially. <laughs> oh, okay. Getting chili, getting... If they had a topping bar, you could probably get that kind of stuff on there. Uh, no, well, do but you we have already chili? know that you don't like topping bars. Well, I don't need a topping. <laughs> is there is there chili at the topping bars at uh, Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, there used to be chili at the one at Pecos Bills. Yeah, I've never seen chili there. I've just seen onions and ketchup and. Pickles and things that should Chucky already cheese be on your. Doesn't have anything you want chili on, though. So. Chucky uh, cheese Chuck. has. Chuck cheese has uh, uh, chicken on one side, wraps on the other. I guess it has burgers on the far side, but that's not near the topping bar. Uh, speaking of Chuck E. Cheese, I happen to go back in the Wayback Machine and find a uh, Walt Disney World guide, and uh, the Plaza Inn was the restaurant, which is now the um, Noodle Station, and what is now Chuck E. Cheese was at that time the Tomorrowland Terrace. Well, okay, you're looking at that right now? Yeah. Okay, what's the restaurant there on the way that's next to First Aid? Uh, the, next to First Aid? Horse, oh. Is that where First Aid is? Yeah, I think first it's the First Aid of the baby. Are, are you talking about the end of Main Street when you hang a right? End of Main Street, hang a right, what's that called? Plaza Inn. Uh, no, no, no. Well, it may be now. It was at the time called the Towns. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, that's number eleven. Uh, it was the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor. That's all yeah, it was. Yeah, but then there's a restaurant uh, next to that. Well, there is now. I'm talking about back in the seventies and eighties. The restaurant's been there since it opened. That uh, is an old, old restaurant. I'm looking at a '73 map, and it lists Town Square. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, and that's it. Okay. Well, I could be mistaken. Now, there was a bakery right next to it, which, well, I guess that's sort of there now. Um, but anyways, that's I, I thought, because I, I found it really odd to have the Plaza Inn so far off the plaza and basically what seemed like Tomorrowland. It was this kind of transitional area that didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I always looked at it as that, that when, we, when you told me the first time we went out there and you said that was the Plaza Inn, and I'm going... 
That's Tomorrowland. Plaza Inn belongs on Main Street. Yeah, yeah, it's just odd. And, and the restaurant that's no longer there that I make fun of at Adventureland was the Adventureland Veranda. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that's the worst thing to me, and I've complained about this for years, is seeing a facility that looks like it should be open and you know it's permanently closed. It's not like seasonally closed. You can kind of tell the difference between something that looks like it operates during peak time and ones that have just been closed for ages. Like the carousel building with the sign saying we're imagineering a new attraction <laughs> yeah. up there for nine yeah. years. Exactly. Or a 20,000 Leagues Lagoon empty for almost nine or ten years. Yeah, those kind of things. Or we fill it in with c- cement. Make it a yeah. big cement pond a true cement pond. I, you know, I think one of my biggest issues, though, is going back to the Disney MGM. Some of the things I think are just in odd places and hard to find. I, I had totally forgot about the 50s time uh, uh, primetime cafe. And I had this image in my head because I'd seen it on on TV. I'd heard Mike talk about it. I have my uh, maybe it's you know me. You, you just put images in your head where you think things should be, and it's kind of out of the way and you know kind of tossed off to the side in my mind. Well, it's um, a restaurant row, right? There's the yeah, it's there's the yeah, buffet. We got the buffet next to it, but if you you're the not Hollywood and dine right next to it, yeah. yeah. If you're not paying really close attention and you're heading over, you know, to the uh, Indiana Jones. You you might not even notice it's there, and quite frankly, I think the same with the sci-fi dining. You know, if you're kind of looking down the road one way or the other, you might not see that sign. In fact, coming from, uh, let's say, the west going east, you know, if you're kind of hit looking for uh, uh, Star Tours and you're you're not looking that way, you might not notice it. You might see the car sitting out in front, maybe. You know, um, but I, I just think the some of the things just don't stand out much now. What looks like studio is pretty good. I mean, because pretty much studios are bland and boring and just big buildings. So as far as that go, they they got that down a hundred percent. The thing that I thought was funny is when I was out there with some uh, people who have enjoyed Disneyland a lot and enjoyed our animation building at DCA. Thought that the one at the Magic Kingdom was pretty bad, and I I kind of corrected them, saying, you know what, this feels just like the Disney Studio. You know, this has a very studio feel. Ours has a, um, what would you say? A, uh, have you been to the Disney Studio? A fantasy one. Have I been to Disney Studios? Yeah, a lot of times. Um, oh, you're talking no, about I'm not, over I'm at not DCA? trying to call you out on it. I'm just asking, have you been there? Because I know, you know, it's home to the public. So. Yeah, yeah, well, when we worked there, uh, we they saw, well, tours. I, we'd go for <laughs> tours, and then sometimes we'd just go up there and show our ID, saying, yeah, we're going to the cast store, and then we'd walk all over the studio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the good, yeah, the good old days, but you know it's got a feeling <laughs> of a real studio. Ours has this kind of fantasy. Um, well, it's ours, ours. Ours is referred to as the Hollywood back lot, and it has yeah, it has definitely a fantasy field where you're kind of just in a back lot area. You have a couple buildings that kind of look like they should be studios, and then you have a lot of facade work that sits around in there. But it really doesn't have a it's more fantasy field than actual studio. Yeah, ours would be like a you know uh, what burned down at Universal. You have the facades and the backs have nothing to them, and some of them have some sets inside. And that's kind of how our I would take look at our um, animation area. Now I understand when the MGM first opened, or a lot of people hate that the studio first opened. You had like to go. You had to go through animation to get on the tour. Now first yeah, the time tour I went is- to it. The tour is where it is now. So, 
Yeah, the tour used to be about two and a half hours long. Yeah, not unlike Universal's. I mean, Univer- actually, Universal's, Richard, correct me if I'm wrong, but or Mike, I think if you were there on a busy day when you were forced to get off in the middle, it could be three to four hours. It could be a long, long tour. Yeah, and also, yeah. yeah. Well, you talk about Universal, right? Universal Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when, no, they, they, they used to have that mi- that middle spot where you got off. Now well, they don't have that well, middle spot. Uh, well, it really was a middle. It was like one third, two thirds. Well, yeah, th- there were t- if it like Mike and I had annual passes for a while. There were days if it wasn't busy, uh, you'd pretty much just fly through there. They don't stop. But on busy days, it was kind of a forced place to get off. Uh, you could get a snack, take some pictures with some oversized set pieces, and then you had to stand in line to get, get back, back on the on, yeah, land yeah. of the giants. Uh, yeah, there was yeah. Land of the Giants stuff. There yeah. was the like a submarine uh, piece that supposedly was from uh, Operation Petticoat. Yeah. There was the vans that you could lift up, right? Hold yeah, yeah. Million lift. dollar van. Yeah, van. yeah. The- yeah it's right, it right above the collapsing bridge. And then, of course, they got totally got rid of the whole area when they put in uh, Jurassic Park and some of that. Well, that was part of the tram. Now you just take the longest escalator in the world down. to get down yeah. to the lower area. Uh, where that used to be part of the tram tour and was a tram stop, uh, so things have changed. Yeah, a that, bit. yeah that, that that's true. I forgot about that. The, the tram actually went down to that spot, and you were ma- mandatory. You got out, and you went through the tour of well, the. Well, you, uh, you saw the makeup. You saw the special effects, and, and you right, drove through some prop houses and, down there. That's all part now of the walking area going down all, here. Yeah. Long escalator. Oh, that trams exactly. avoided all together. Yeah, yeah. So it shortened the tram tour, uh, but you know, I saw a thing a trade magazine once right after Universal opened in Florida, saying this was the best designed theme park in the country. And I finally got to go see it, and I'm like, "What the crack are they talking about? This is not a well designed uh, park at all." Even Islands of Adventure, which is fun and I think themed very, very well, it's a big circle. You know, you can't cut across the middle. I guess they used to have some boats that would take you over to Jurassic Park area. But, you know, the um, spoke and wheel type of design that Disney used, Disney did not create it. I know a lot of people think that Disney was the leader on that, but they weren't. Uh, works well for the theme park because you can cross through the middle. Universal's parks don't have that uh, not very well. So, yeah. So, any, well, okay, so uh, you, you, you um, are taking me to task on the uh, studio. Any. Any other uh, areas that kind of stood out to you as uh, unfair? Well, no, I just, I just think that taking the studio out over DCA would be a, a mistake. <laughs> well, you know, like Richard made a actually once for once a very coherent um, <laughs> and and well thought out statement. Yeah, if if you know, especially being a West Coaster, and and maybe it's partly fighting against the. Um, everybody from Florida just assumes DCA is bad, even if they've never been there, is we now have two parks. If I was to get rid of that one, I'd only have one park, and I don't get to go to Florida a lot. So, it, you know, I, I think Florida could do without their weakest park. Um, I well, used to I'm say, a, I think, go ahead. I'm not a yeah. Florida guy either. I'm just saying, I, if I had to choose one, it would be that one. From me living here in the middle of the United States, I would choose that one. Fly over country, yeah. Well, exactly. that's... Yeah. And, and, and that's hard fair work, enough. Hardworking Americans, yes. I, I think <laughs> once uh, I think once some of these expansions are done at DCA, uh, uh, you may change your mind. Now, it's funny is 
I, I've for quite a while had this on and off um, email campaign with Character Breakfast, and recently I had a, I had a guest spot on it. But I would kind of take some of their emailers or uh, some of their comments to task now and then because they have really no um, no knowledge of Disney Disneyland. Right. They only have Florida. And one guy, I made a comparison to um, the Fantasylands. How and we talked about this very linear, uh, not themed very well compared to, to Disneyland's. And the guy just started taking me to task. Well, you know, what about DCA compared to this? And I'm like, well, you know. This, and I never got a chance to respond back to it, but I did get on the show, and I kind of got back to some of it. Is I was comparing <coughs> two two apples, not you know diametrically opposed parks. These are apple to apples, Fantasyland to Fantasyland. I will grant grant that DCA isn't the best park, but I don't think it's by far the worst park either. And you give it time to grow, things add on. You know, we got Tower of Terror. We we've recognized some of the things that are weak, and they're they're working on them. Um, and the guy was like, well, you know, they're not going to do all these expansion things they plan on. You know, they've said this, but they'll never carry through. And I think I mentioned it <laughs> when I was on the show is, you know, they've already, um, they've, they've done the the midway game. It's not a big thing, but they've done now. Okay. So check one off. Um, uh, they, which, which what Richard, uh, I was going to just say that that was a big one in my mind because of theming. You looked at it when you stood there and it was just a bunch of tilt ups and now, we, well, isn't isn't that it. what Midway games usually well, I was, are? I was going to say we've talked about it before that when you go down into uh, uh, some of the uh, ocean parks, or actually down here even into uh, Newport Beach and Balboa, the commercial buildings—that's all they are. They are just tilt-ups, big, you know, blocks. Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about the bill. I thought you were talking about the games and so I'm just talking about the game. You know, no, I'm talking I, about I'm, the sod work on there. I like the look of it a lot. It looks a lot nicer now. It actually, well, looks, they're they're going more Victorian. Like yeah, they're going through the Victorian. They're going. They're going with the uh, Coronado uh, Hotel Del Coronado style. Well, you know, they're going to some of what supposedly the seaside parks looked at, but they needed to go real sleazy if they wanted to make it look like some of the pikes <laughs> and the things we had, which, which they, they, they're, they're not going to do. It, it okay, let me let me finish. Okay, forget your tilt-up argument because it's so weak. It's 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 uh, absurd. But we yeah. so okay. They they said they would do these midway games. Check. They've done that. They said they were going to do the uh, Sunwheel. Check. It's done. Uh, they said they were going to do the World of Color. Uh, it's probably halfway to three-quarters complete. Check. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Does that mean I'm going to do the Midway Games? No. Uh, <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to ride the Sunwheel? No. Have you been on the Sunwheel? Why wouldn't you ride the Sunwheel? Or the Funwheel? No, 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 no. It's the same ride. It's the same ride. The no, true. Sitting in the seat, it's the same ride. You are a hundred percent correct, but they've improved the, the. You know, the big complaint of Paradise Pier was the the theming. So I'm just, okay. you know, I'm just going. I'm going down a list of the things they say they're doing to the park. Okay, um, continue. Yeah. So uh, World of Di- or uh, Wonderful World of Color, absolutely going to be done. There's no way they're going to stop now. They've, they're too far invested. Uh, they uh, have closed everything that needs to be closed. And to start working on Ariel, which should open, I think, next year. Uh, the restrooms have closed down. They've relocated them across the street. That's open. Uh, Richard calls them the... Uh, the super restrooms. Uh, the that's super not restrooms. my word. That's, yeah. that's the word everybody else is calling. Why largest, are they called- restroom, largest restrooms on property, supposedly. <coughs> if, that's, okay. you know, if you're in accountant urinals and, and crappers, then I guess yeah. that's a, a big deal for you. Um, 
we know they've shut down most of the parking lot, and, and as uh, Richard was saying, they're starting to work on cars. Is land. that parking lot completely gone? The Timon and Pooh lot is it completely gone? It will be Timon, when they're done. Timon is pretty much gone now. It, it's there's not there's nothing. The, worth the last much. time I parked in it about a month ago, it was over a halfway gone with fences up around it. Um, okay. And so it's in the last couple times I've tried to park there, they were not allowing any parking at all. Yeah. And they were turning you away, trying to get people, I think, used to parking at um, the Grand, Ho- you know, well, I don't know what they I, call that lot, the Grand Hotel lot. Oh, Pumba. That's Pumba Pum- over there. Pumba. Even have used um, Garden Walk parking at times. So what we've seen is a commitment to actually do this expansion. Now, the one thing we have left, of course, is the fabled mist-themed entry and, um, say, Main Street of DCA. That's the... You know, the <laughs> the okay. other big thing that needs to be done, and I'm still wanting to know, I'm, I'm still waiting to see how they um, they facilitate that and still get people into the park. I'm, I'm interested in how that's going to work. They, I, I, I will add a little more into, into that. <laughs> they are in the process now of putting the power in for the car, for the uh, barn, for the red car. So they're getting cool. ready to start building the red car barn backstage next to the Tower of Terror because you're going to have the red car that's going to go from the entrance uh, up to the what's now called the Sun Plaza and go down into Hollywood and go up and finish up at Tower of Terror and then be able to do a return trip. Now, there, there's there's a bit of planning that's not unlike my complaints around um, uh, our Southern California area when they try to social, inter, uh, uh, social engineer and build these high-rise, high-density towers and tell you to start taking trains and buses and whatever. When they haven't widened streets or done anything, they're going to put a trolley down the middle of the street, which isn't very wide to begin with. Um, it's going to create, I think, some traffic issues in an area that's already tight in traffic uh, problems already. But granted, you know, that's just... A- I don't think it's going to cause any more problems than what the trolley does on Main Street. Is this... Jolly Trolley is going to be uh, kind of a disappointment. It's not a Jolly Trolley by any means. No, it's not a Jolly uh, Trolley. Red it's, car a, it's an actually a red car. For, uh, a, in fact, it's, it's, it's a scaled the, the, down version of the five eight scale, like the trains. Remember, uh, I don't Disneyland know. is Disneyland's Main Street is designed at five eight scale. Short of that, we had this argument with the Monorail Society this weekend, or somebody said, "Well, your trains are scaled down." I said, "No, they're not. Those trains are." real size for their for their gauge those they did not you know put them in water and shrink them down when they purchased now two of them were built two of them were purchased actually now there's a there's a fifth one um they're not scaled trains those the the scaled down trains the scale of those trains happens to fit with the scaling of main streets thing okay but that whole five eight scale thing doesn't apply to all the other parks and even the five eight scale on Main Street in Disneyland. Okay, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. That only applies to certain parts of Main Street because you down you're down at Town Square. Main Street's at one scale, and you're up da- up at uh, uh, Town Town Square's a little yes, it's a little larger because it's got a full story on because you got the force perspectives. The buildings actually change their sizes as they go down. But well, I understand what he's getting at. But I, um, 
I, I don't know. You may know something else. I'm just going by the little video that, that they got going in the Blue Sky Room. They're talking that those um, red cars were g- designed from the original plans of the red car. They didn't talk anything about them being scaled down. I, well, they have to be scaled down. Well, I've been on well, a real red car. They can't be that big. They'll be as long as Buena Vista Street if they're as big as oh, they were in the 40s. <laughs> I don't know, I, yeah. I, I, I've been on one out at the Paris um, uh Paris Railroad, uh, Empire Railroad. Yes, they're big, but they're not huge by any means. Well, no, they're they're not they're not like a modern day Amtrak train or anything, but they're also not the trolley that's going down Main Street either. They're they're big cars. Well, I I think this thing is going to be larger than a trolley in length by you know it'd be a trolley and a half if not two trolleys long and I, yeah I'm, I'm, that's what I'm picturing is I'm picturing about a trolley and a half in length I, I'm actually thinking about the size of a real trolley in San Francisco um, and yes that would be a little smaller than an when, actual red car when but you not, say trolley you mean cable car right I'm sorry you're right cable car okay uh, so the cable cars are two different sizes yes the larger one okay that's my impression from the the miniature model I've seen, the description from what I've seen or heard. Or heard. <coughs> I'm more interested in the operational aspects of it because you look at the, the drawings, and I realize they're fantasy drawings. They show like three or four on the line. All right, well, they've got to have a turnaround at both ends, which they don't really show. Um, no, you don't. You don't need a turnaround. Not on a red car. Well, they hit the one in the middle. Yeah, that, that's exactly you know, where I you, you need you need a bypass where they, okay, but they, they there's don't, actually two bypasses where they could go side by side at each other. Okay, uh, that's fine. Look that's 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 all I needed to hear. The design drawings don't show that right now, but I realize they're they very conceptualized design drawings. I did not see that. The, the design drawings show two bypasses, and I think one, if I remember correctly, is in the middle of Hollywood, and the other is near Sun Plaza somewhere. But you don't have to have a turnaround like the uh, horse-drawn trolley is because you just run there. You run it one direction, one way. Yeah, they're they're driven from each end. I yeah. I understand it. Oh, also the other thing that was announced for DCA's expansion was Toy Story Mania, which is done. Um, <laughs> so why do you laugh at that, Nate? Because they it already that wasn't in part of it. They had already committed to doing that long before, and now they're like, oh, and we're doing this. Well, yeah, I, I I know what you mean because I kind of thought the same thing, um, but it did it did address the theming issues in the area. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, and that in that sense, it helps with the expansion. Okay, and then like the what what's the uh, what's the thing that spins around that's going to be rethemed to Mickey's uh, to to the uh, to the Mickey Mouse short with the tornado. Oh, yeah, the you know, singer into the uh, no, 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 not the orange symphonies. It's a, it's the um, it's uh, it's the big the dildos. No, 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 no. Wait, the no, thing that's the turned to tornado is a stinger. Yes, the, it's okay. not the zephyr. It's not the, the gold, zephyr. The golden zephyr. So the orange stinger is going to be. Oh, the, okay. You know, I just assumed it was the zephyr. I didn't really. Pay it. You assumed that, again. That explains. I, I assume. Is the rod going to be the same? The orange, yes, yeah, same ride. yes, just okay, different, ride. different theme. What are you getting at there? I'm just saying. But what are you just saying? You're making trying to make some kind of point. I'm saying there's a lot of money going in that doesn't change the ride experience. No, that, but it changes, but it changes, but it changes the atmosphere of the park. 
Okay, what, it does. What, what is Disney? What which, is some of which the which in turn changes the overall about? experience of the visit? Well, what's some of the biggest complaints about DCA? Is it not the poor theming? Because some areas are themed very, very well. Some areas, like Paradise Pier, they kind of did a half-assed version of a sleazy, slutty uh, coastal did, theme park. They did. They did a fantasy land to uh, to Paradise Pier. It was the last thing they were worth, they spent any money on, so they spent the least amount of money on it. But you know, did they spend a lot of money on any part of uh, of DCA. Is there one part that you feel like they did a really good job? They really Grizzly you know, Peak. It, okay, Grizzly Peak. Oh, I think oh, yeah, Condor I, Flats and Condor Flats. Condor Flats yeah, the whole. But there's Golden only State one. But there's only one attraction there. There's the only one attraction. Wait a second. Best. Wait. Are are, you, are we just talking about theming for attractions? Or are we talking about theming for land? Theming for land or theming of a certain section of park. Because, I mean, Condor Flats is great, but it's, you know, it's 50 paces long. And then, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah, I but agree with you there. I think they designed themselves into a corner for an area that could have had a lot of expansion. You said think, you like Liberty Square earlier. Why do you yeah. like Liberty Square? Because, uh, it's, well, because it's something we don't got. And it, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I actually, I like because that. Because it's, you know, it's I, themed about the Revolutionary War times and... Well, I, I like that period of history. I like that architecture. I, like I said, I'd like it to be a little more immersive, but I like the buildings, the theming. I think it's done uh, very well. I think when you're in Gondor Flats, it's great, but I wish they would have left room to add uh, something else. I mean, what's a garage? What's an um, an automatic, um, how will we say it, expansion of AV, California aviation? What Space program, a lot of things like that. They didn't leave any room for anything else. I, around I told, that area. I told you a story about what, what a couple of the Imagineers were saying was as they were getting ready, as they were like halfway, two-thirds of the way through it, they already realized that was a huge mistake not making Condor Flats larger because they were realizing they could probably, and it proved out when it was when it opened up, they would like to have doubled the theaters that they have for soaring to where they could have done four theaters but there's absolutely no room for any expansion to soaring and that that's all that's always been something that they've always considered that was a mistake because they just have it's just been so popular and they have such a large crowd that goes into it they could they could accommodate and put more theaters there they would still draw just as much or more crowd going into it but they don't have room to be able to do that expansion hmm. okay well it seems like the theming of that area could use a little more like there's there's uh, the condor flats there's the taste pilots and there's the store across the way and then if you walk a little more there's there's just like a plane you know what i mean that's it, out it of place like, well, I, I totally i totally agree but what's there is themed very well yes uh and what what it's probably lost some people not from California is you know some of the the, the little kind of squirrely things. The if you look at the, you're you're on the highway, you've got the highway signs, you've got those little um, guardrails to not drive off the side of the hill. Well, um, I think the well, Hollywood main drag as you're going in is actually very it's pretty themed pretty well with the uh, asphalt street and the facades look pretty good. It's when you kind of leave those main areas, um, you're just kind of going, well, where's the rest of it? It, it w- made me wanting more. I think the wharf area was done uh, pretty well, but then again, 
It's just the food court. You know, where's the rest of it? But it's not unlike Disneyland when it first opened. It took time for, you know, Main Street was themed well. But you got you look at look at Tomorrowland when Disneyland opened. Come on. Uh, Fantasyland, yeah, you know, not done so well. Kind of like uh, Magic Kingdom. It took a while for them to grow and upgrade and figure out what they were doing. And it did take time. And I think DCA is in that, that kind of mode, just like Hong Kong Disneyland is. We, we got the basis going. Now we need to go further. And by the way, um, uh, Shaft, I'm looking at the map, and there's no bypasses on the Disney California Adventure map that they're showing in the Blue Sky Room. Sorry. I saw them. So I can only not, tell you what I've seen. Not, not on the map they're showing to the public, Dick Wad. Sorry. I thought he just said they could Turkey. do it. Without a turn, are they gonna? Okay, no, no. no I, I assume they were gonna do like a trolley car turnaround, and I know what he's saying. It doesn't require you to, because um, they drive from either end, just like the monorails in Florida. But you need a bypass, so as two are coming next to each other, one's off the main, uh, one's you off need the main a spur track to be able to yeah. pass each other. Yeah, just just like a normal. Yeah, you know, I understand that, but I do not see it on the map. I, I saw. T- I actually saw two of them because when I, I when I brought it up when they were go- doing the initial uh, presentation to the cast members. That's good for you, but it's not on the map for showing to the public. So if you saw another that's map, because that's, we don't need to tell you public people all the stuff. Uh, that's that we're doing. that's so what I'm. I, that's what I said to you. I said maybe it's it's just an artist conception. They're not showing it there, and you said it's on there. So I looked the fucking thing up, and it's not there. So I'm the not map looking is, at which, I'm not looking at the fucking map that you're looking at. I was looking at the fucking map that I was looking at. So did, did you did you hear him cuss? It's just it's just not natural. <laughs> so no, actually, what's more telling is that you drive him to, to swearing. I was, I was going to go back to the original. You're, you know, you're talking about the areas of uh, DCA. You only had three districts, not lands. They were referred to as districts. You only had three districts when it opened up. That was the Hollywood backlot, Paradise Pier, and the Golden State. And Condor Flats and Grizzly Peak. That whole area was all and all actually all the way up into. Um, Pacific Wharf, Bay Circle. Yeah. Pacific Wharf. That was kind of part of. That was kind of one of those little gray areas that was considered part of Golden State. Pacific Wharf was a food court that was an extension off the Bountiful Farms, and that really didn't take a life, take a big life of its own, until the creation of Bugs Land, where they suddenly created, you know, the next next uh, area. And it became a land because they were. There was a big deal when we were first opening up DCA that we weren't going to have lands. We were going to have districts. And then the next thing we do is we put bugs land in, and then we're putting cars land in. Yeah, I found but, DCA's. In fact, half the time I don't know what official area I'm in at DCA. I mean, Paradise Pier is obvious. Condor Flats is obvious. But like he's saying, these districts, it never made much sense to me. I've never well, really got into the minutia of it like I have with. The other parks. Yeah, you had you had Hollywood backlot. That's that's easy. That's obvious. Um, Paradise Pier, for the most part, that's pretty obvious. It's from the point where you step out onto the pier and you have all the games going down, all the way down to where McDonald's used to be and uh, Mulholland Madness. That was all the pier area. Golden State was kind of the largest one and kind of the. Yeah, your mishmash one, because it went. It took Golden State District had Condor Flats, uh, Grizzly Peak, the Bay Area, and Route sixty six. That was well, that, all that Bay Area is such a bastardization of the Bay. Um, I, I have issues with that area. It's 
It's, yeah. it's, it's you know, <clears throat> I love San Francisco. I've never lived there, but it's a great area with a, a lot of history, and they jack it up like they did in that little transitional bathroom area. Uh, just terrible. <laughs> well, you know, it was just one of those things of, where, what are we going to do? we got to put something there, and that's how they did it. I, I know. I, I mean, th- I think it was one of those <laughs> last-minute thoughts that they had to tie something in there. Because you take a look at it, okay, how does that play into Route 66? doesn't. How does Route 66 play into – at least Route 66 goes into the into Paradise Pier, and at least Route 66 goes towards the desert. But, yeah, whatever. Well, I don't think that's supposed to necessarily be Route 66 up around Condorum. Uh, it's highway, fat, it's highway it? 49. That's Highway yeah. 49. At, no, it's Highway 49 going from Condor Flats up into Grizzly Peak, which again. See, and, and again, here, minutia that half the country really could give a crap about. Um, uh, well, let me, let me go through it real fast. That's Highway 49 that goes through Condor Flats up to Grizzly Peak, and it's Route 66 that goes from the Bay Circle up uh, to uh, Mulholland Madness. That's Route 66, the entertainment corridor. See, that, and that, to me, is totally lost because I don't see anything there that would say, hey, I'm on Route 66, having driven Route 66. Except uh, for the, signs, the sign on the uh, big souvenir stand next to the Corndog Castle. Uh, the one that's it got the, souvenir 66. the sign around it now that looks like it's going to be torn down. Did they close that? Uh, yeah, there's, they got a big construction wall that's all oh, yeah. that. So. It, it looks like it's going to all be part of Mermaid. Uh, yeah. Or the DC, I, a part of the uh, uh, Sunglass uh, Hut place, Sunglass Dinosaur Jack, the biggest yeah, history. Yeah. He, he's got a wall around him. I got some pictures I'm going to put up soon of, of that. See, I, have, I haven't been over in that direction. I was told that Dinosaur uh, Jack's was already torn down. No, it's still sta- well. Still it was standing. standing three days ago. Okay, because I, I was told this a couple of weeks ago, but I just haven't gotten into that. No, day. it's 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 still it's still there. It's a couple of days ago. Um, but, you know, I I think, you know, I, I will be the first to admit that DCA has got its issues. I think, I don't want to say it can be fixed. I think they can expand upon their idea. Unfortunately, we didn't get what should have been there. And if any park actually fit that description Mike talked about earlier, to come back full circle, is uh, designed, you know, by a committee or trying to, um, uh, not by a father, but you know, just trying to do some corporate park. Oh, for, yeah. For guests. Yeah. DCA is the one. Yeah. Uh, and even if they, you know, if they stuck with the first artist conceptions they showed the public for DCA, I think we would have had a much better park than what we have now. And it just keep getting dumbed down and dumbed down. And quite frankly, the new entry they're building is not that much different than the original entry that was designed for DCA and not realized. And instead, we went with this postcard thing that I don't think anybody really gets um, yeah. as you're coming in. Though I will miss the um, the bridge. I, I, You know, it's cheesy, but I like the bridge as you're coming in. Well, uh, it, it, I gotta say, it served its purpose very well in the 2004 World Series. That's nice. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's gonna be history, and I, I won't be sad to see it go, but I, I think it was kind of a cool little thing. Uh, okay, so Nate, back to uh, did we disparage any other things at Disney World that you had issues with, um, or or questions about why? Maybe not issue with, but no. I mean, no. I guess not. 
as I try to def- deflect away any uh, more criticism of uh, yeah, okay, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, there's uh, no cri- the only criticism you got is how much money they're spending on it. Well, you know, when you consider how much they will have spent on this park in total, they might as well have built Westcott. No kidding, huh? And I tell you, after I did more research on Westcott, I thought, and I did a show on it for imaginary. Show, by the way. I like that show. Um, I'm not sure I would have the need to go to Florida very often. This was going to be one kick-ass park. I mean, and uh, my buddy who used to work up at DCA, he said to have seen the, you know, if you could see the artwork I saw of what, you know, because a lot of the artwork we saw was the, you know, aerial views and, you know, all the line of how it'll look with the light and stuff that we'll never really realize. He said it was just mind-boggling. And for him to see DCA, though, you know, he'll enjoy it because it's a Disney park, after have, knowing what was planned, it's it's more of a letdown for him than it is probably for the average person who never really saw it from the inside of what it could have been. Uh, and, and the whole resort in general, forget, you know, that – uh, we had Westcott, but the way the resort expanded across West Street and over into the area of, of the old uh, uh, Anaheim Bowl and, you know, the Paradise Pier Hotel and all that stuff. I mean, it was a huge, huge expansion. Uh, and it, it's unfortunate that they went cheap on us. But Yeah, um, I, I do remember some of the drawings going over there and what's now referred to as the symbol lot, the parking lot where Wonder Bowl used to be to the... Uh, uh, southwest corner of the property. I remember. I, I forgot about a lot of the stuff that reminded me of one other yeah. thing that we went cheap. The original plan was you wouldn't see any of the power lines. The uh, big power lines that were the, that go over the park still were going to go all underground. I yeah, mean, I saw something with uh, with uh, Ron Dominguez, and he said if anything he wished would have been done differently. I think it was Ron Dominguez is to have got those underground and. And and totally invisible. And that's the one thing. One thing I forgot when I was on Character Breakfast. They were asking me if you can see the city around when you're in Disneyland, and you really can't, with mm-hmm. the exception of DCA. Uh, in DCA, yeah, you can you can see, see the surrounding the uh, hotels and stuff. But I, I was telling them, quite frankly, you know, uh, Florida is not this isolated oasis it once was. We were. Visiting uh, the sponsor for Travelers, it was Chris from the Big D and I, and at the um, uh, Wild- not Wilderness Lodge, the Animal Kingdom Resort in one of the grand, uh, what do they call them, grand villas, I think they are. It's like this three-bedroom uh, room, three balconies, a big flat-screen TVs, kitchens, all this stuff. The, the view is right down to the pool. And there is this huge bloom of light pollution that just totally blew the whole immersion in the animal kingdom. I mean, it was like Chernobyl within a very short distance to the park. I'm not sure. Nobody really knew which way we were facing. And you totally lost your sense of direction going down the hallways to this thing. It was it was one of those ones where you're like, God, this is a great room, but we got to trek two miles to get to it. Um, so if I was staying there, I'm not so sure I would uh, like it because it's so far away from where you park. But it was very discerning to see what must be like a strip mall, a huge strip mall or something. In disquieting. 
so disconcerting. That, I think is the word he was thinking. Yeah, there you go. That sounds good too. So close to the park. I mean, Richard, you probably remember when we were on top of uh, the Contemporary back in '86, and you could actually yeah. eat at a decent restaurant up there and have entertainment, and go up to the observation room without or the observation level without having ate at the the restaurant. You couldn't see, but maybe oh. a a pinpoint of light miles and yeah, miles just, away. You saw you, Orlando miles, miles away, and it was just knew, all black forest all yeah, around you. You knew you were isolated. Now, there are these huge blooms of light pollution everywhere. The city has caught up to the Florida resort. I mean, when you can be in the All-Stars and really kind of see the highway go by, I understood when we stayed in Lake Buena Vista and in Hotel Circle at the Americana Dutch that we, though we were on property... We were on the edge, and that's a given because you weren't in a Disney resort. <coughs> but now, you know, we, even downtown Disney, you know, I hear complaints about our downtown Disney. When I'm at Florida's downtown Disney, I feel like I'm in any other shopping district right off a highway. There's nothing magical or special about being away from the city. You're right there, right next to the sleaze balls that are selling everything else along the highway. I mean, so they, they've lost some of that um, specialness about being isolated. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Richard remembers this because it blew me away the first time I was there. Where, you know, you, you take a limo, you know, van from the airport back in those days, and you'd come up, I think, Highway 4, and you hit World Drive. And the guy would make a right, and I'd say, Richard, you know, watch this. You know, you'll see this little green sign. It says, Welcome to Walt Disney World. It's literally like a little traffic sign. And you're looking, well, where is it? Yeah. You traveled, I don't know, it felt like and then, miles and, then you went, and you, miles. Yeah, you went a few miles before you even reached something that resembled a toll plaza. Oh, yeah, it was miles. And you could, at that time, you couldn't, uh, you might be lucky to catch a glimpse of the top of Spaceship Earth. And you just went for miles till you got to the toll plaza. You really felt like what Walt described about being out in the middle of nowhere where he controlled everything. Now, it doesn't really feel that way to me. I, I, I know it's a big resort, but I feel like it's, uh, it will be a lot like Disneyland is soon. Disney sold off some property. Things are building on the edge. They, they've left themselves no room for isolation because, you know, the All-Stars are practically right on the highway. Um, downtown Disney is right on the highway. Some of these areas, they've put... Uh, they've located so close to civilization that they built that highway. Know, they built Osceola Parkway there to connect well, the Animal Kingdom to the rest. Well, yeah, well, and and that's the other thing. You see people traversing through all these extra roadways they've added. That you know they're not going to the parks. Yeah, you know, you see a refrigeration. I, know, I used to live yeah. right off. Osceola yeah. Parkway there, right by the Wide World of Sports. I would drive there every day. So yeah, I yeah. You see, you see a work truck go by. Now, granted, the guy could be a, you know a contractor coming into work to Disney, but mm-hmm. it looks like just you know Joe the plumber with his uh, plumber cleavage just driving through the property because it's a shortcut to get to the other side. You know, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm, uh, that made me think of something. Then I'm just going to throw it back out. And there, you know, I made the comment about Disneyland being. 
Walt's Park and Walt's there. And yeah, granted, we're 40 some years later and Walt's been dead, and it's not the same park that Walt left 40 years ago. It has changed. There's a lot, been a lot of things going and a lot of corporate things. But the same can be said for Walt Disney World. Yeah, I do remember back in 86 when you were out in the middle of nowhere and it, it you, you felt. We talk about the bubble and being in, as part of the bubble. That was all you had out there was the bubble, and um, that was what made it so wild. Was being out there with just this total corp uh, Disney control over everything, and you and part of the whole purpose of having all that land was the isolation. But it has changed over the last 20 years because the company has sold different ideas come through, different plannings come through. You had celebration that started getting built in there. Um, uh, you have new, well, you know, celebration is fairly fairly isolated. You don't really get a good hard glimpse mean, of celebration. But if, I mean, you have these new big highways, not not the nice little commuter highways going through there, but large highways going through there. Uh, land space that we pl- thought, oh, that would be great for Epcot. Well, it's being used for something else now, and uh, the and the rest of the world is starting to encroach more and more onto Walt Disney World. To where, yeah, you're the bubble is still there, but it's a considerably smaller bubble than what it yeah, used. Yeah, and what you I was- you used to didn't see as much. Um- Traffic. The most of the traffic was Disney generated traffic. Their their buses. There's. I mean, people went in the main drag, but you didn't have a lot of this cross traffic driving all over the place, driving to the mall of downtown Disney. Yeah, and the bubble is kind of like the Simpsons movie. You know, you've got people knocking on it, looking right into your bubble. Yeah. So you know, th- there's there's changes all throughout on there. So. Yeah, I just, I, I, it sounds like we're running out of gas. It's still a great resort, and as far as resorts are going, um, that's great. But uh, yeah, it's it's weird the way the world has moved in, and Disney has not isolated themselves from it. It's almost like they've embraced it and, and said, "Come yeah, on in." Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Is it's almost like an embracement, and the fact that Disney has started selling off parcels of land. Now I don't know what parcels they are, and I don't know what the meaning would be. But yeah, it's almost like. Oh, somebody wants to build a strip mall right outside this area. Sure, we'll sell you some land so you can put your little strip mall, pay us some rent off of it, you know, whatever else. It's just a little bit of a different. Well, you know, we also don't know exactly where some of that that some of that land, like um, some we had at Disneyland, was kind of disconnected. So eventually, you either you know do some land trades, or you say let's just get rid of it. It's isolated; we can't really use it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what land has been, you know, what they've actually been doing, what the talk is. But I'm just saying, because quite frankly, celebration, the area celebrations in, uh, if I remember right from the early drawings, would have been the uh, private airport that Walt wanted. That, you know, he did have some air service in the beginning. I've seen the airstrip, but it was nothing like, um, uh, you know, he had originally planned. So, you know, Nate's kind of asking what we're talking about, and you know, we're. We're just trying to uh, address his issues as far as bashing Florida. Uh, yeah, I think we've ch- moved so far off that topic; it's not even funny. Well, you know that that happens on this show quite quite often. Um, and I, and I, I'll say, Nate, I don't, I don't, 
think it was that we intentionally meant to bash Walt Disney. Well, I, d- I did. Everything I say is intentional. Well, you did, well, well you, you're you're just a pain in the ass, anyways. Well, thank you, but, but I don't I don't say things to rile people up. I I truly believe them. I have well, if I say it, I mean it. Shit. Bullshit. Bullshit. Asshole. You, you say you say things all the time. Just in fact, you said you've said that on numerous occasions. You like to just stir the pot to see what happens. Uh, there, are, there are some things I stir the pot on, but my what everything I said last show, I absolutely would get rid of that park, and I actually would get rid of it for everything I said. I, I dislike parts of it. Not that I don't enjoy and go to it, but we spend the least amount of time of any well, park. Yeah, of but, is but that given. Part? But given the question that was posed to us, that was the legitimate answer. And it's you know, do we want to see the park go disappear? I don't. I'd like I like to keep it. I'd like. Well, to see I don't. It. I wouldn't want to see any park I, disappear. But you know, based like on the question, them. you know, that's what I would do. Yeah, I would like to. See. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, so Nate, hey, Nate, let's let's get back to Nate for a second. <laughs> Um, dude, still, dude, hey, hey, think, shut up, shut up. I think Nate. his word permitted is like half. Hey, Nate, you still there? <laughs> I'm right here. Okay. I, I got lost a bit when we started talking about the glimmer of light. Dude, your eyes are glossing over just like mine. It's okay. I tune out what, too. What, what I want to ask hey, Nate is. You know what? It's 1.38 a.m. where I am right dude, now. Dude, come on. Let's, <laughs> let's freaking wrap up so, you know. If you'd shut the hell up for a second, okay. I was trying to wrap it okay. up. Okay, all right. And give Nate a chance to tell us what Wedway Radio is, what his podcast is about, give him time to plug the thing, and you have to keep fucking interrupting me. All so, right. We'll get so, to so, it. So, Nate, please plug and tell us what your show's about, uh, why you started it, and all that, and we'll wrap it up. Well, my brother and I do a podcast called Wedway Radio. It's at wedwayradio.com. It's also on iTunes. Um, it's uh, We do uh, about once a week. Sometimes every couple of weeks um, we do one, and they're usually about 30, 45 minutes. Um, basically, we, we, we look at attractions uh, that are either there or gone. We talk about you know how they were born, how they came about, you know, and we just kind of like like to talk about stuff we remember about them, and they're, they're pretty well produced. Uh, my brother does a really good job on that. This next episode on, uh, I think we're going to release it on June 23rd. It's going to have an interview with a Disney legend. And so we're really excited about that. That's going to be our next one. It's uh, It'll be episode 19 of Woodway Radio. So, you know, we, we look at a lot of, uh, uh, we, we have a, a few different segments. And basically each show is a segment. We try and keep it in a manageable time. What are you saying? Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, I, I, I think I'm he's joking. saying is that they're well produced, that they have better standards than he other said, shows. I heard, I heard him say forty right to forty-five minutes, and I was thinking, well, I, I remember the good old days like that. <laughs> uh, I think I was looking. I I went and I downloaded them all. I haven't loaded them up to listen to. Uh, yeah, he's right. There's one fifty-three minute show, and there's a forty-two minute one. But in general, they're in the Twenty to thirty minute range. Yeah, well, um, we have to pay for our bandwidth, so you know, uh, we're we're looking for a sponsor. We haven't found one yet, so hopefully, someone will uh, pick up our bandwidth bill and we'll give them a plug on our show. So, well, what, one of the things we we look at when we're doing a show is we, we're a public service because we have people that are doing their exercises with our show, so we want to make sure that they're in top physical fitness. Yeah, especially so Brian McDaniel or Dad. He so needs to be on to the keep, bike. Or dead. Yeah, I remember one time I was listening to a show of yours, and I thought I had a really long run that day. And 
I it was the show where you guys had the ticket book. If you remember, I think it was yes. last summer, and I was yeah. I, I was running by my house. And I think I ran about eight miles that day, <laughs> <laughs> and I looked down at my iPod, and I was only halfway through your show when I got back. <laughs> Well, well, you've got a, a great a great logo too. Uh, very people, nice, the people old mover. people mover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I realized once we started doing our show that we actually stole a few things from your show because um, on our first two episodes we actually had the Soren theme at the beginning, and then um, hey, I know I, I told my brother my brother does the production on the show. I'm like, you got to find a new one because I listened to this other show and they have the same intro, and so we took a little piece of. Uh, Illuminations, reflections of Earth, uh, and that that would be our new intro. And uh, you know, I didn't know that Greg's handle on uh, just about everything is Wedway. When I found out his Twitter handle and his uh, uh, his Skype handles uh, like that, I you know. <laughs> well, you know, when, when I saw your show and I was talking to you at Disneyland at, at Westfest, and I'm thinking, what a dumb shit I was. I've been using Wedway as a handle since probably. The, you know, I first got into the internet with uh, America Online or whatever. Why didn't the hell that I didn't use that for my uh, a show name or something? But hey, you know what the hell? Uh, but even though you're saying Wedway and you're showing a people mover, not a Wedway, we'll give you a break in that because I like the nostalgic look of the old people mover. Well, yeah. Is it... <laughs> so I've got a little faux pas there. I shouldn't have a. No, that's well, fine. That's fine. Ten, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, I think it, it works fine. I, I just it's one of those little points when sometimes people argue about the different the systems if, it, if they're into that. You know, we never called ours a wedway he's, out here. He's just being a, a DF, right? It was now. a good year, uh, good year people mover, and then you know Disney World's opened and it was. I hate the the TTA thing, so I still refer to it as the wedway. Well, we did say we referred to it as people mover. Yeah, that TTA thing and the whole announcement along the way is just you know. I really like the that. overlay of the 1994 uh, Tomorrowland that they did where they changed a lot of the stuff to make it all kind of fluid with a Tomorrowland that never was. I really like that. I just don't like the fact that they changed the people over name. Sorry, oh. Richard, go ahead. No, I was going to say the only difference between with the people over at Disneyland is the physical uh, wheels and motors that had to make it work. And then, of course, they used the linear induction magnetic motors over at Florida. Are you talking about the uh, overlay? That they did at Disneyland. No, the, uh, uh, they, they did oh, the similar did. one at Disneyland, but I really like the Disney, Walt Disney World one. Yeah, I that was they did, when, it added a little more depth with the one at Disney World. Yeah, the, they, the current one, or you said back in '94. Back in '94, when they originally did, it, they still have pieces of it now where they still call it the TTA, and they still have you know like uh, the, the 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 posters that you see as you're walking past the uh, the Noodle Station there into Tomorrowland. They still have like the posters from. Yeah, those are. I thought those had something to do with uh, Timekeeper, which I thought was a great show. I'm, I'm, I only saw it once, and I thought this is really cool. I wish they would have kept that. Yeah, um, it it, uh, it closed back in uh, 2003. Yeah, yeah. It, it Melee and Encounter both kind of died at about the same time. Well, I saw Sorry, Timekeeper in 2005, so okay. it may have it, been. It, it, I think it was just started opening seasonally. That after could be. that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that because I really was looking. I, we uh, we watched them when they were making the uh, audio animatronic figures over at WDI, and I was really looking forward to. We we have one of the figures being used now in the intervention show, but I was yep. looking forward to seeing the time how the interactive between the 
the uh, timekeeper figure and the uh, movie looked. I was looking forward to seeing it. I think it, oh, well. it worked. It worked out really well. I I, I don't I know if they have, still have it in Paris or not. So if yeah, I was going to say, I guess they don't. It's actually been oh, replaced by there. Buzz Lightyear attractions in every park. Oh, oh. oh. Well, ours, ours wasn't your or Florida's wasn't replaced by Buzz. It was replaced by yeah, uh, sorry, MILF. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, which I, I know a lot of people like the MILF. Um, I hey, um, you know one thing is they actually still have the screens behind the facade. So if they wanted to bring it back, they could. They they could go back. I know a lot of people don't like the 360 movies, but I I personally have always enjoyed them. But all right, well, it's getting late out there. And we've given you a chance to uh, pimp your podcast. Hopefully, you can pick up a sponsor. I know that kind of stuff does help. And you've emailed me. Uh, hopefully, the information I've given you is, uh, I don't know if it's been helpful. but uh, <laughs> I-, I should contact your brother-in-law. Is that what you told me? Whose brother-in-law? Uh, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, anyways, but well, I could take this chance to say, you know, go to Netflix forward slash imagineering um and you can subscribe to netflix and help my show all right that's great just a tag on your show yeah yeah all right well nate i appreciate the yeah. um, last Stay minute up. uh getting on and staying Stay up, up late, late. Uh, hope you didn't i hope i didn't ruin your already well thought out scripted show that, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i think we'll be able to recover just fine thank you <laughs> yeah yeah, and it, it was well, really well researched this time too. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. Hey, Have a great time. Thanks for coming. Thanks, thanks Nate. I got to Kansas City on a Friday. But Saturday, I learned a thing or two. For up to then, I didn't have an idea of what the modern world was coming to. I counted 20 gas buggies going by themselves Almost every time I took a walk And then I put my ear to a bell telephone And a strange woman started in to talk What next? Yeah! What next? Everything's up to date in Kansas City They're going about as far as they can go They went and built a skyscraper seven stories high about as high as a building ought to go. Everything's like a dream in Kansas City. It's better than a magic lantern show. You can turn a radiator on whenever you want some heat. With every kind of comfort, every house is all complete. You can walk to privies in the rain and never wet your feet. They're gone about as far as they can go. Yes, sir! They call a burly cue For 50 cents you can see a dandy show Girl, yeah, wow One of the girls was fat and pink and pretty As round above as she was round below I could swear that she was padded from her shoulder to her heel But later in the second act when she began to feel She proved that everything she had was absolutely real She went about as far as she could go Yes, sir 